0: Schmaltch's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, Time Manufacturing, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley.
1: On Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. And uh, coming off a very late night, up late, covering the Cowboys, (laughs) talking about the Cowboys. With Ed Order of ESPN late into the night. I believe I stopped talking about the Cowboys at about two or two fifteen this morning. Perhaps tried to go to sleep at about three fifteen or three thirty. Uh, but no worse for the wear. It was a great uh it was a uh, nice win for the cowboys. It was a great day for Metroplex sports fans, and I know a lot of people in Central Texas love the Cowboys and love the Rangers, so you got uh, a a double dose of it. And uh, how fun was that yesterday to be monitoring Game 2 of the ALCS? We took you right into our Cowboys coverage. We are an affiliate of the Rangers and the Cowboys. And, um, you know, it just, everything seems to be holding up. Now, again, the Astros have played better on the road this year. We'll see if they're able to turn things around in Game 3. Rangers sending uh, Max Scherzer out there, and he's returning about a month of head, uh, ahead of schedule. And uh, I, it seems like the... Uh, the Rangers expect him to throw around 70 pitches. You hope that gets you. Well, it would be great if that somehow got you through five innings, more likely maybe four innings. Um, you know, then you got to have to turn things over. you got to have your guys ready behind him. Um, uh, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, uh, obviously uh, – uh, choices there or options but uh, you know it's Bochi is 4-0 and in league championship series he's trying to win a world series with a third different organization and he's about to be 5-0 if this keeps up and yesterday Aaron we were both kind of like what's going on with this Robbie Grossman thing and I'm not trying to say Robbie Grossman was the answer in the three-hole, but he did put the ball in play, and that's when the pitcher, from Valdez, th- uh, threw the ball out in the right field. So, great day for the Rangers, and that happened in front of nearly 43,000 fans at Minute Maid Park. I've had friends who have called me that uh, were out there a part of all of that. And of course, the Astros go to this thing every year. Uh, but of the, I had some numbers I thought, Aaron, you would like, and our listeners, our friends, of the 28 teams that have taken a 2 0 lead on the road in a league championship series, 24 have played in the World Series. Furthermore, teams that have started any seven game series 2 and O up to O have won 75 of 89 times. I like it. All right. Pretty good numbers there. And Avaldi uh, quoted after the game saying, "The momentum is in our favor. I think that is right, I think. Uh, I don't know exactly what to think about, um, you know, Scherzer because my expectations aren't huge for him, although, you know, he's a great clutch pick- pitcher who's got a great reputation for pitching in the postseason. Rangers now have six consecutive road playoff victories. Um is tied for third all time in MLB history. The, uh, let's see, uh, the postseason, the Yankees had eight in 1996, most consecutive road wins in the postseason. 2005, the White Sox had six. Now, I went to that World Series, and I believe the White Sox did win that World Series over these Houston Astros, if memory serves correct. Um, and then the, the uh, Rangers now with six consecutive road playoff victories. Um, Marcus Simeon, with a wise word after yesterday's game, said, you know, looks forward to the home field advantage. But it uh, says Houston's been playing well in that building, too. All right. Houston's been, play, been playing well in that building, too. I think that's a fair assessment. In fact, hate to bring this up, Aaron, but in early September, Astros came through Globe Life uh, at the Globe there and, uh, and had a 39-10 to route in three games. Avaldi pitched the middle game of that game of that series coming off a six-week layoff. He didn't make it out of the second inning in a 14-1 blowout. But of course he looked brilliant yesterday. And the the big the huge moment in that game was the Astros loading the bases with no outs. I believe that was the fifth inning, wasn't it, Aaron? Um, at which point Avaldi strikes out Yiner Diaz. Then Altuve, uh, before getting Bregman on a grounder to third, to which Dusty Baker said after the game it was, quote, a matter of bad occurrences. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) A matter of bad occurrences. Aaron, of all those flashpoints we were watching yesterday, and every time we were going for a live look-in, seemingly something crazy would happen. We did some live look-ins yesterday. But that was the that was the huge moment where the Astros had a chance, and it's just weird to see how many times in this Altuve not come through. But also, even later in the game, and as you get into the eighth and ninth inning, Aaron, how many times in this in the first two games of the series have the Astros now part of the reason? the Astros that park is such a weird looking park in outfield that every fly ball you think uh oh uh oh that has a chance but they did hit three solo home runs alvarez had two of them yesterday they hit a third who bregman hit that they hit a they so they had three solo home runs but aaron in the late innings I think this has been a tough watch for Rangers fans because they keep they just keep flying those balls out there around the warning track. And I mean, aren't you having the same experience here that a lot of Rangers fans are having having like all those things kinda look like home runs off the bat?
2: Oh yeah. The Rangers have luckily given up some very long outs in this In the first two games of this series, um, the in game one obviously the one that Evan Carter caught and then doubled off Altuve, and then last night Altuve's to end the game off the bat. There's there's a lot in Minute Maid. Did you think that's got a chance? But I thought that's got a chance, and uh, I think Leclerc may did may have two for maybe a second, and then Uh he was like, okay, I think that's gonna stay, and then he looks back and it's caught.
1: Uh huh, and I. I don't know where I am with LeClerc right now. I love the guy, and he's got great stuff. I mean, you can only flirt with disaster so much. Throws like nine straight balls, and then for whatever reason, it seems like he, he doesn't get locked in until he's got like a 3-1 count. And he'll throw any pitch off a 3-1 count. I mean, like, he's not... I, I, You kind of have to admire him because he doesn't seem to get riled up. or I mean, Fromber, the starter for the Astros, looked spent or looked just kind of like in another world to me in that first inning. LeClerc's always engaged and always, I mean, like seemingly, he seems to be fairly calm. I don't think the fans are calm. I'll tell you who has calmed the fans down is Spores. I mean I mean hit that S. Hit that S hard. I mean I when I saw S B O R Z earlier in the year, I'm like, wait, what do we got? What do we got here? And Aaron, we there was a time this season, it wasn't that long ago, where we were like, let's let's please not have to see him again. I mean, like, whatever. Put him on waivers. Uh let's DFA him, whatever. Let's and that's just the w- really weird nature of pitching in Major League Baseball is that the same guy who frustrates you and you don't trust can come back and be great in the postseason. And that dude has locked down stuff right now. And he he threw one curveball that – who sat there and looked at that, Aaron? It was somebody that kind of surprised me. Was that Altuve? Altuve? He froze somebody last night, uh, Spores did. And it might have been Altuve, and it was just he just threw him this unbelievable pitch. It's really funny that the Astros have to get Maldonado out of those games. They love the way he works with pitchers, and then they have to get him out because he can't hit. He's got that, you know, great hair, colors the hair. all that stuff looks fun. But Maldonado is a non entity. And meanwhile, Leody Taveras, Rangers number nine hitter, you got to feel great about him. I mean, I, I almost feel the same about Leody right now that I do the top of the order. Top of the order yesterday was much better. Seeger has looked a little off balance in this series. Uh, he's just not his usual self, he's popping out, you know, uh, some. But they got it done when they needed to, Heim. I mean, the only tiny complaint, Aaron, is that they don't – they haven't really, like, built on these things, right? They – it's like they get the big lead and, you know, they scored one run the rest of the game. They had four runs in that first inning, and then they kind of, you know, go a little silent. Happened again the other day with the 2-0 lead. Just kind of sat on it the whole game. That's a lot of stress to put on your pitchers. You need to keep I I think this team when they get a lead kind of starts relaxing at the plate and gets a little loose. Whereas early in games they work these opposing pitchers like crazy. Now let's give the uh Astros pitchers some credit. I mean, Aaron JP France comes into that game with that little mustache they got a guy named Abreu. It's a nice pitcher. I mean, they, they they were pretty good. And, Aaron, how crazy is it that we come on today after a big Cowboys win and I just basically barely mentioned it, right? It's just it's where we are. It's where we are. I think it's appropriate. I mean, I'm sure there's some Cowboys fans out there. Mosley, come on. And, again, I spent my entire night, believe me, doing Cowboys. And I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because of it. But we'll talk plenty of Dallas Cowboys uh, today because they went in there, Aaron, and they taught Kellen Moore a lesson. And he said, Kellen, we, we love you. We miss you in some ways. But but I don't know if they really taught him a lesson. I didn't think any either play caller was particularly great. I thought the Cowboys had some good moments. I liked running Dak. And, um, I mean, I, I just think that the, the team feeds off that and that little zone read they did where and you had some motion with CD. Um, Chargers got lost and Dak ran for the roses. Just raced right up the middle. Aaron, That Cowboys are a better team when Dak – is a threat to run the football and uh, so that was uh, that was a nice moment. They still do some weird things. baffling whatever McCarthy was doing late uh, in the at the end of the first half. I'm sorry. I got no clue. I mean I'll we'll look into it. we'll investigate. He offered some explanation last night didn't seem real great to me. Did't seem like much of an explanation to me. Um, But we'll talk some Cowboys as the day unfolds. We will next, though, hear from a member of the Rangers radio network. Jared Sandler returns to the Mosley Show next.
3: Baylor Bear Football is headed to the Queen City for its first ever Big 12 matchup with the Cincinnati Bearcats this Saturday. 9 a.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. 11 a.m. kickoff this Saturday. Join John, JJ, and Ricky from Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati for all the play-by-play of the Bears and the Bearcats right here on ESPN Central Texas.
6: Want to celebrate the Bears' big win or watch every road game on big screen TVs, sound up loud, and Bear fans all around? The Buckle is where you need to be. With a location just off campus, within walking distance of the stadium, the Buckle is a perfect den for food and beverages. Open two hours before kickoff. And get ready for the Buckle's full restaurant, opening in China Spring real soon. Drop on by the Buckle, the place for Bears to be. Are you ready to have your
0: garage back? Check out Lone Star Structures' affordable storage sheds, cabins, greenhouses, and dog kennels. Lone Star Structures is family-owned, and their skilled craftsmen have been building top-notch storage sheds for more than 25 years. Browse their available inventory at LoneStarStructures.com or customize your own with their 3D shed builder. Stop by today at Highway 77 in Rosebud Lot. Call 254-583-4411 or visit LoneStarStructures.com. Lone Star Structures. Buy local. Buy from folks you can trust. You're listening to
7: ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
8: Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project?
6: Are you just another number to your insurance provider? Look no further than The Flock. Cole, Michael, Derek, and Javen are local independent brokers. And with over 50 trusted companies in their network, they'll find you unbeatable rates for auto, homeowners, life, and even commercial insurance. Why settle for one-size-fits-all insurance? Text QUOTE to 214-838-5236. QUOTE to 214-838-5236. Let The Flock take you under their wing. A dynamic team with Goosehead Insurance. Your trusted choice for personalized coverage.
7: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Jared Sandler joining us now from the Rangers radio network. And, Jared, it how great was it to see that, that place minute-made, those fans after that deflating, that 4-0 deficit they faced, and then to to look at the cameras as they panned around. I know you were doing radio and doing all that, but still you were looking up at the monitors. You were in the ballpark. You saw it. Is there any other – is there any better feeling than seeing Astros fans that silent and that just demoralized?
10: No, and you know what's cool about it is when you have that sort of feeling in general, but then you know that you know there are people out there who are – maybe not on your side. You sort of want, gosh, am I a bad guy for wanting this? But the reality is there's no one outside of Houston uh, or that area rooting for the Astros. And if there is anyone or a group of people, they're in the heavy minority. It's always cool when it feels like the baseball world is is behind you. Uh, but, yeah, I'll tell you, Minute Maid Park has been a pretty loud environment over the years. It was an awfully quiet venue yesterday. It was loud on whatever the first Sunday. It was loud Sunday night. But yeah. it, it was pretty quiet yesterday for the first four or five innings. And, uh, yeah, I think there's something extra extra fun about walking out of that, that building with a 2-0 lead against that team, that city, and, and that organization.
1: Yeah, and Avaldi, what he did, uh, remarkable stuff. And then to pitch out of that jam, no outs, uh, bases loaded situation. They get their catcher out of there because he can't hit. And they knew he would strike out in that situation, and they strike out anyway. But for Ivaldi to calm down and and uh, and just elevate his stuff and get even better, some only a few pitchers can do that. Pitch a lot better with people on the base paths. uh I, I what a what a awesome moment that was because that was another complete silencer type deal.
10: Yeah, I mean that that was a game changer. You know, Josh Young, who's been so good defensively and made a, a tremendous play earlier in the game, mm-hmm. taking a double away from Chas McCormick was unable to play that little bouncer that was hit his way. And now all of a sudden you're backed into a corner and you're right. I, you know, there are pitchers in that situation who, you know, they're just, they're going to crumble. It, it, it's all, uh, they're backed into a corner. And I think what was so, you know, important with that situation is, if, if one of those guys reaches, and let's just say one of those guys walks, which only brings across one run, well, now you got to face Kyle Tucker. And then you got to stay short on Alvarez. And it's just, it, you were at a, a part of the order where it wasn't going to be easy. And, you know, with Yiner Diaz, Nathan Avaldi pitched with great IQ because Yiner Diaz doesn't take pitches. He's got this ridiculous chase rate. And so he played to that. He didn't give him anything really good to hit. And then with... Jose Altuve was about execution, because Altuve is a very good highball hitter, but he also is susceptible to chasing above the zone. And so you kind of walk a fine line with that, and Nathan Avaldi was able to execute the pitches where he needed to get the strikeout. And then you know once you get to that spot, you can't take your foot off the pedal, but now any out gets you out of the inning unscathed, and he was able to get that ground ball to Bregman.
1: I mean, this team is remarkable in in winning all these road games. You know the numbers, Jared. I mean, it's kind of wild. I think the Yankees one of those years had like eight straight maybe. Rangers now sitting at six. The White Sox did it in 2005. Uh, it's just some, some kind of reset happened when they went to Tampa Bay. They functioned well. I think they kind of enjoy the environment, being together on the road, and now they got to kind of bottle that up and bring it home. And the you know, Houston's obviously functioned pretty well as of late at at the Globe, but this is a different Rangers team than they faced. But still, they they probably have some okay vibes as they think about okay, how do we climb? Back in this thing, because all they got to do is win this next game, right? And then it plants a little seed of doubt and all that. Rangers win game three. I mean, it really feels like there's no shot. There's no returning from that.
10: Yeah, I know. I obviously, I think there'll be uh, Yankees Red Sox uh, dreams for some folks, uh, Mm -hmm. or nightmares perhaps, depending on your allegiance. If the Rangers win game three, but it. There's a reason that just almost never happens. It is very tough to go and and beat a team, especially when you get to this this round. Uh, you're one of the, the final four teams left. You know these are really good teams, and to, to win a game or win four straight is tough. You're right, though. Winning game three, you know, all of a sudden the Astros feel good, and not only did they win six of seven in Arlington, but they were uh, 21 games over 500 on the road this year. I mean, they were an unreal road team. The Rangers were outstanding at home. So, you know, in that respect, something's got to give. But, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you're right. This is a a team that's had a lot of success from the Rangers side. If you want to, you know, kind of look at it through their lens, what you said is also correct. It's a very different team. You know, the last time the Astros came to town, Nathan Avaldi was kind of in rehab mode. Uh, Max Scherzer was on his way to uh, the injury that knocked him out for a month. Josh Young wasn't around. Adolis Garcia was really struggling. It's just a a different group, but you know, at the same time, the Astros have had a lot of success in this ballpark. So, uh, you know, it, it, the Rangers have a long way to go and it, it, it has felt so weird, Matt, the Rangers have played one home game this postseason. We are getting ready for game three of the ALCS and the Rangers have played just one home game. It's just, it's kind of odd. It's an odd feeling, but, uh, yeah great start to this series but still a long way to go
1: all right are you doing your three things today on an off day i I like uh i like these various things you bring out a little video you'll do before games i really i mean i obviously you're not taking a break today because you're probably doing in addition to i think i saw you uh listed today you were on um 105.3 and i think a rod was after you and then jerry jones now that's a killer lineup sandler a rod and jerry you know i i had to compete as you did back in the day against 105.3 so i still don't love giving other stations a lot of credit but man that's a that's a pretty good one right there
10: well i'm the opener in that that no one shows up for (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, they find out at what time Arod going on. I'll be there for that. But, uh, yeah, you know, heading out to the ballpark right now, we got, uh, the team has a workout. We're going to hear Max Scherzer speak.
6: And, uh, you
10: know, that's obviously a, a big topic of conversation. I'm not doing any, uh, any videos, at least I hadn't planned on it. I might do a Matt Mosley special now once we get to the ballpark, but we'll definitely have one tomorrow discussing Max Scherzer's return to the mound because that's, uh, it's really interesting. I don't know what to expect. I, I, it could go a lot of different ways. Obviously, it's not totally apples to apples to Nathan Avaldi's return when he struggled through what was a quasi rehab assignment while at the major league level. Max Scherzer's thrown a little bit more than Nathan Avallie had when he had returned, but it's still a, a it's kind of a a crapshoot and it's something that you do for a guy like Max Scherzer. You know, you got a hall of fame pitcher and he's ready to pitch. You're going to throw him and you're going to mm-hmm. live and die with the results. But uh, it's never easy to to take the mound when you've missed about a month due to injury. It's a little different. You know, J.P. France yesterday pitched well. He had not pitched since September 23rd. That's almost a month, but not because of injury. Uh, because he was taken out of the rotation, hadn't been effective. Max Scherzer hasn't pitched because of injury, uh, but he's put in a whole lot of work to try and get ready and get back to this point. So uh, curious to hear what he has to say today and curious to see how it goes tomorrow night.
1: Jared Sandler, uh, Texas Rangers Radio Network, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And I was, I was want to talk to you about your expectations. It's hard to know what to expect, and it's weird to think that starting Max Scherzer feels a little risky, right? I mean, you're talking about a Hall of Fame, uh, you know, first ballot guy, and you're saying, well, this is a little, I mean, you know, do they really need to do this? And obviously, if he's ready to go, you're going to do it. But now, how is it 70 pitches? That's kind of the what I keep reading, and maybe Bochi has sort of indicated that. Um, and, and Max, knowing him, probably has a different uh, level in his mind. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think the, the Rangers sort of, like, if, if they could get him to 70, do you think they'll start thinking about getting him out of that game?
10: Yeah, I, I, I think so. That seems like a, a good number based on the circumstances. It might even be a little bit less, you know, depending on how he's doing The the Rangers are not – this is not a, hey, we're up 2-0. If we give away game three, then so be it type approach. You know, If Max Scherzer is uh, laboring through two innings, then it might be two innings. uh, But I – let's say this is silly. They shouldn't do it. And there might be people out there that say this is the greatest thing in the world and then people in between. I'm going to go ahead and say from my standpoint, no matter how it plays out, I think this is the right decision to do this. Uh, It it hopefully can give your bullpen uh, a little bit more uh, wiggle room and make guys available for a variety of roles when you now begin this three-game and three-day stretch. You're also doing it strategically after an off day, so you have a fresh and rested bullpen uh, if needed. And, you know, with, with Max, at the end of the day, I'll take my chance with this. You know, John, John Gray's not, they're not choosing Max over John Gray. John Gray is not ready to even give you four innings. He's a guy, maybe one or two innings right now. Uh, And now it allows you tomorrow to then piggyback Dunning and Heaney and have those two ready or tomorrow uh, game four, depending on the the circumstance. So I I think the decision is, is the one that I would make if given the, the power to make those decisions, which we all know, thankfully, I don't have that power. I don't know how it's going to work out. Uh, And it could be a one, one and a half times through the order thing. It could be a 60, 70 pitch thing. Uh, And then obviously Max's performance is going to kind of dictate that as well. And, uh, you know, the one thing I'd say about Max, and I'm curious what he says here in about an hour when he talks, but I imagine that this month off has also allowed him some time to reflect on how he had been pitching leading up to the injury and, You know, I'm sure that he's made some adjustments. It's now just whether his body is able to execute them in that sort of environment.
1: Yeah. He's great to have in the clubhouse, isn't he, for some of those reasons, what he's done in the past, just his presence. You see him over there, and you know those young guys are learning from him, and it's almost like icing on the cake, right, to get actually, oh, wait, he's going to start a game in this series. And so, uh, boy, his presence, and, of course, his presence on the mound – um, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see how that uh, all plays out. This uh, bullpen is uh, speaking of fascinating. Spores, I mean, I I can remember having you on, and the thought was, will we ever see him again in a Rangers uniform? I mean, maybe you didn't think that. There were some people who thought, kind of, Spores maybe be effective down the road. I think some people were like, I hope we never have to see the guy on the mound again, and not only is he on the mound, like, he's one of the best pitchers in the postseason. Like, he just, he's steady as a rock, and his stuff is so good. I mean, isn't that amazing how timing can be and how a guy can be going so poorly and then find it, and now now this bullpen, you just can't really, I mean, they keep bringing up all the blown saves, and, yeah, some of those same guys are out there, but, it's like you kind of have to, in your mind, do an adjustment. Uh, But Spores is is pretty remarkable, his turnaround.
10: Yeah, and, you know, for the first three months, he was one of the five best relievers in baseball. If you just looked at the numbers, obviously, name recognition, no one was going to say Josh Spores is one of the five best relievers. But if if they all had, you know, reliever one, reliever two, reliever three, and you just looked at the numbers – Uh, You couldn't exclude him from that conversation, and then it just went totally south, and then he got on the IL, came back, was really good for about two weeks, and then it went south again, and he said that his hamstring kept acting up and ankle, and it kind of compounded, and he just wasn't fully right mechanically because of that, and maybe that's true because he's come back, and he looks dominant again, and you know, there are guys who one night they look dominant, the next night they don't, the next night they do, then the next two they don't, and the next two they do. But, like, there was no in-between. It was three months of dominance, two and a half, three weeks of the contrary, two weeks of dominance, and then two to three weeks of the contrary. And now he's back, uh, you know, riding high. He's been huge for this team. He not only just in general is a high-leverage reliever, but, you know, he this team needed a, a guy from the right side, who could join Jose LeClerc as someone who can get you big outs. And not only can he do that, he can do that by getting swings and misses. And it, it's been unreal. You know, five five games, four and a third innings, no runs, no hits. This guy has been huge. Uh, so is Jose LeClerc. And the role of this Chapman, it hasn't been pretty. He's gotten the job done for the most part. Uh, but, you know, the thing with this this three-game stretch that's coming up, three games, three days, at some point the Rangers are going to have to go outside that three-man bubble. And that's when it's going to get interesting uh, in those high leverage, middle relief to late inning spots. When you got to go outside those three, uh, it's likely going to happen. Uh, but for now, those three have done a really nice job, and Josh Bohr is kind of setting the tone as the first one out of the ten uh, has has been outstanding.
1: Does every ball at Minute Maid look like it's leaving the park to you? Yeah. Is it like that building or something? Like why? And of course, the crowd reacts to everything. And thank goodness, um, well, some of them escaped, but a lot of those balls died at the warning track. Is it just something about the way that thing looks, or is it the postseason that, that it, you know makes these heightened reactions to every ball hit out there?
10: But it's both. Everything out to left I think is going to be a home run because of how short it is there. Anything <laughs> off of Jordan Alvarez is bad. I think it's going to be a home run. He could hit a ground ball, and I'm still not convinced it's not going to turn into a home run. Uh, But, yeah, no, and it definitely felt that way in the ninth inning with the drive out to right uh, for the first down and then Altuve's fly ball to center. Uh, You know, I I was down with with Emily Jones in the tunnel waiting to do a post-game interview on the field, and so we couldn't actually see it. We're taking our cues from the crowd, and the crowd erupted on both of those. And then looking at the replay, I I think Jose Leclerc thought Altuve's ball was maybe going to go. But, you know, thankfully, balls to dead center at mid-May. They don't get out a ton. Uh, but any pop up to left field could get out, and uh, Alex Bregman certainly loves to take advantage of those.
1: All right, is Emily okay to negotiate with when y'all are deciding which players you're going to get on? I mean, will she work with you a little bit, or does she <laughs> kind of drop the whole TV attitude on you a little bit?
10: Now, well, she's listen, she's the, the queen. She's got tenure, but this is all decided by Major League Baseball. It, it's a, it's, it's a pretty. I don't know. Chaotic's not the the right word, but you know they got all the right shoulders. They got to make sure ESPN's taken care of, MLB Network's taken care of, mm. Fox is taken care of, and then Emily and I are in the mix as well. You know, on the TV and radio side. But there's a guy, Chuck Torres, who basically plays a band director, and he he tells us, uh, you know, you're going to get this guy, and you're going to be after Fox, or you're going to get this guy, in your first up, and. Uh, they, uh, you know, they Major League Baseball, along with John Blake and Rich Rice, help make sure everything gets taken care of. So, thankfully, no negotiating with Emily. Uh, we all know that I would not win that negotiation.
1: I want you to put on one of those Verducci-type suits, all right? And, uh, and re- when I see you on TV uh, doing one of those interviews as Fox is panning around, I want to see you with one of those beautiful suits on because, boy, Verducci is down there in that dugout. And I, I don't know who you would compare him to Branch Ricky or one of the old uh, GMS or something. But I mean, my goodness, he's really really got quite a look. So I I don't uh, you're more of a three quarter zip, aren't you? You like a good pullover.
10: <laughs> I love you got it. I'm a big uh, big pullover guy, pullover and polo. I just I don't have Tom Verducci's hair. I I can't I can't pull off the Tom Verducci without that hair. He's like 60 years older or like 65 years old or something. He looks like he's forty. It's it's not really fair to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, he may be doing something. He may be taking something. And if <laughs> if you talk to him, ask him what it is, because I'd like to get a hold yeah. of some of it. <laughs> and and, uh, and do well, Jared. Have a good time out there. Tell Max we said hey, and always love having you on. And you're doing a great job. You're you're getting under the skin of some of these Astros fans, and I know it's not what you're trying to do but I kind of loved it. One of my Astros buddies from Houston said, who is this Sandler guy? I said, well, he's a longtime friend of mine. Uh, and, I mean, like, didn't even know we were friends. So, somehow your your social media and your stature is getting under the skin of random Astros fans. So, I like that.
10: Oh, I hate to hear it. That's, uh, that's a tough break for them, but we're going to enjoy the <laughs> All
1: right. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. See you. All right, there he goes. Jared Sandler on the scene out there with the Rangers at the the Globe and uh, as we prepare for game three of the ALCS. Kind of feels like it's over, but it's not. They could climb right back in this thing. All right, let's do something we call the NFL Blitz. And we can, we can certainly start with some Cowboys, but we'll also look around the league. That is next.
3: The Baylor Coaches Show, this Wednesday, beginning at 7 p.m., live from Rudy's in Waco, with the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
11: Come join us Wednesday, live from Rudy's, and hear from women's tennis coach Joey Scravano and softball coach
3: Glenn Moore. That's Wednesday at Rudy's. That's this Wednesday from 7 till 8 p.m., live from Rudy's, and here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas.
12: the right call can make all the difference on and off the field. I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. And when it's time for a new car, truck, or SUV, Bird Colgen Ford is the right call. Come check out our award winning lineup of best selling models like the Mustang, Explorer, Expedition, F 150, and Super Duty. Bird Colgen Ford proudly supports all Central Texas athletes. Make the right call for your next vehicle at Bird Colgen Ford. Experience better at Bird Colgen Ford.
7: Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntexSportsFan.com. Early each
0: morning, as we turn on the lights and heat up the fryers, then prepare the food, the owners of Bush's Chicken are working for you. Our owners are husbands and wives, sisters and brothers. We are family. We take joy in our family, serving your family. Before you end your day, we hope you'll stop by. Bush's Chicken, simply the best.
3: Triple S Sports is your one stop for all your baseball and softball gear. They have the latest bats, gloves, balls, and equipment from names that you know and trust. Rawlings, Louisville Slugger, DeMarini, Wilson, Easton, Mizuno, Under Armour, and New Balance. Triple S Sports can also take care of your team uniform needs with their large selection of the latest sublimated apparel and custom caps. Ask about league and school special discounts. Stop by their warehouse in Waco or visit them at
13: TripleSSports.com.
0: Play
1: ball.
13: In the market for a new metal roof?
7: now back to the matt mosley show on espn central texas
1: what is the matt mosley show you hear the music you know what it means and the victorious cowboys it's victory monday it's overreaction actually it's tuesday that was a monday night football game the cowboys and the chargers and uh, Aaron's got all his stories lined up. I just want to say, Aaron, I got—I thought those uniforms, the color rush, white uniforms for the Cowboys against the that powder blue and gold that San Diego. I—I I, I'm no like huge Chargers fan, but I've kind of always been fascinated with their colors since I was a kid. The Dan Fouts look and then these kind of powder blue uniforms that they roll out there. I thought the two uniforms looked really nice on ESPN and ABC for Monday Night Football. And I just have to say, uh, you know, Aaron, in my opinion, that's a beautiful-looking NFL uniform. Like when you're saying what pops the most, I like that. I like that. Do you have have similar thoughts, or is there another – NFL uniform that grabs your attention
2: no I I, well I really like that one too I think it's a great great look
1: okay Aaron likes supports me in the in the Chargers now we we dislike most other teams because a lot of us grew up as big Cowboys fans so it's hard to say you like any other team um, I mean I can't say it about the Eagles. I certainly can't say it about the Giants. I'm trying to think if there's any color rush uniform I like out there. Yeah I I gotta say the old Patriots red tops when they kind of do their color rush or whatever it is but I'm talking about the Grogan, the 1980s Patriots look. I don't mind that. Kind of thought kind of like the red. The red Patriots, the colors there, and I again, I don't, I, Buddy Ryan and all. I've got just as much ill will toward that whole group as anybody. But I would say, if I were an Eagles fan, the old Kelly Green does look kind of nice, okay? And I get it. I get the Cowboys' hatred for the Eagles, and I support that. But I would say the Kelly Green that they're going with this week is kinda it's kinda like Baylor. There's certain greens, I mean, that we remember. Like those real white pants and then the green they used to have in the Taff era of the of the eighties. Like when I would see Jay Jeffrey or late yeah, be early eighties, Jay Jeffrey running that option. And kind of the the bear paw on the side of the shoulder pad, that's a good looking uniform. That's a good looking uniform, but Aaron. I better not start that. Baylor Baylor people really get get upset about uniform talk. All right, we won't talk about the gold on gold look that some people don't like. Um, about uh, I just kind of like to see the team win. If they're if they go out there in those gold, or some people don't think it looks gold and they win then I like the uniforms if they lose in those uniforms kind of like the old Cowboys blue uniforms they'd wear on the road we always thought the Cowboys were going to win with those midnight blue jerseys that that was always a, a bad feeling when they would show up in the road on those jerseys Aaron it is time for the NFL Blitz take it away sir
2: little breaking news, Colts' nose tackle Grover Stewart, one of the NFL's top run stoppers, suspended without pay for six games today for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Stewart will be eligible to return to the Colts' roster in Week 14 for a road game against the Bengals. The nature of Stewart's violation remains unclear, but he did acknowledge it in a social media post and apologized to his teammates and the organization.
1: Well, they always say they didn't mean it, right? They didn't mean Absolutely. to. They thought to it was his... okay. Yep. would never knowingly put something like that. And it's always like some kind of weird drug. It's like, wait, does is that, is that football players need that? There's always something. And um, Grover, oh, man, that's tough news. That's a good player, and uh, that's a long time to be out. What are we in now, Aaron? Is the Cowboys sprint toward – their bye week, uh, let's see, they have played, they are now 4-2, so we would be headed toward week 7, mm-hmm. and so you said week 14, wow, that is a tough, tough, I bet it was some form of a diuretic, diuretic, I need a, I think I need a good diuretic, what does that do Aaron, diuretic, does that help you lose weight? It
2: does. Yes, kind of but,
1: promotes water loss, right? Or something. Yeah, it gets, yeah,
2: it gets rid of liquids in your system.
1: Need to get a hold of some of that Ozempic. Oh, have you, Aaron? have you noticed people, or I, I used to see those commercials and not know what it was. Me too. But if you see like real skinny people walking around that weren't used to not be skinny, that may not be because they're out, you know, playing tennis every day. They may have gotten a hold of the oh 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 Ozempic. All right, Aaron, continue. Uh,
2: More bad news for the Colts today. As their owner, Jim Irsay, told ESPN that quarterback Anthony Richardson is probably going to miss the rest of the regular season and could undergo shoulder surgery in the next week or so. Richardson was the fourth overall pick in this year's draft. He sustained an AC joint sprain in his right throwing shoulder during the second quarter of the Colts' Week 5 game against the Tennessee Titans. The Colts have spent... Last week plus since the injury, obtaining numerous medical opinions on how to perceive. Hearsay said evaluations are pointing in one particular direction, and that is seizing ending surgery.
1: Hate it. Love watching these young quarterbacks. That's a guy, you know, I think could be really good. I uh, mean, bad news. Aaron, do you have any more bad news on the Colts? Is there anything no, else? that's it
2: for today. Just their quarterback <laughs> and their best run defender.
1: Out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> By the way, speaking of quarterbacks, I'm liking watching Stroud. I mean, there was nothing, there's no part of the Texans that I usually look forward to watching, except for Petrie and Graylin plays for them. They may have like about three Baylor players. So I kind of like their defense. But for the most part, I'm not seeking out Texans games. But I happened to get a hold of some uh, Twitter stuff today, some film breaking down Stroud. And, I mean, Aaron, it's just like gets his feet set, okay, shift, 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 looks around, and then he'll just rip one across the middle or then he'll slide outside of the pocket, kind of like what Dak was doing last night. He'll rip a ball, hit somebody on the run. Like, that's why I'm always a little worried when somebody leaks one of those stories out about one of those tests, whether it be the Wonderlick or whatever it is, like, oh, so-and-so didn't score well on this test. Well, Aaron, I'm glad they're not putting my old test scores out. All right, <laughs> I mean, I think I was okay on the standardized test, but the actual test that you had to go like take, like in law school. I'm glad they're not putting some of my scores out there on the open uh, on the open market. But uh, that guy can just flat out play, and and again, I don't know how he looks on taking a some kind of weird test, but watching him work through his progressions. It's happening in a hurry. It's like boom, 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 boom. Like he's processing stuff great. So any thought to the contrary is uh, does not hold up, and I I am really enjoying watching C.J. Stroud play football.
2: Coming off their first loss of the season yesterday, the Eagles wasted no time in trying to upgrade their roster. They've signed a seven-time Pro Bowl receiver today, Matt. Too bad for Seven them it's – Oh, go time. ahead. I'll, I'll let you
1: guess. Seven time. Okay. Well, I, surely I saw this earlier today. Although I, I did see. By the way, McNabb, AJ Brown are into oh, yeah. it. Yeah, some interesting stuff out there. Okay, who do the, who have the Eagles brought in?
2: Thirty-four year old Julio Jones. Last played with the Titans <laughs> last season, where he was a shell of his former self. So mm-hmm. he will join the Eagles, and I just, I had him on a team last year for a short period of time. And I just don't see him seeing the field with the Eagles, especially when you have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith as your top two receivers.
1: Isn't that weird how people can be so great? And And then it's just gone. Yeah. And like – but like Jerry Rice and some of those guys just kept doing it well into their 30s. Even T.O., as much as I really didn't like T.O. personally, T.O., continued being really good into his mid-30s and, and put up, you know, pretty good numbers. Uh, Ocho Cinco seemed to kind of get into his 30s. But, like, somebody as great as Julio to just kind of fall off the map, I don't get it. Like, how? by the way, how's that Ridley? You're making me think of, like, uh, Amari Cooper and some of those former Alabama receivers. Is Ridley kind of back doing his thing? After being out with uh, the gambling thing, what's, what's Ridley up to? And what's Amari doing this year?
2: Uh, uh, Amari's having a good year despite Watson not being very good and actually missing yeah. the last two games. Uh, Calvin Ridley has 26 receptions for 363 yards and two touchdowns through the first six games. So what would that okay. I mean, he's, yeah, he's had bad. a slow start to the season by his standards. Yeah good, but not great. And he's okay. Had a few drops.
1: By the way, did you see Dax numbers last night when he wasn't throwing to Gallup? <laughs> it yes. was funny. It was like, cause he missed, he missed Pollard. That was his worst throw of the night. Ugh. I mean, how Pollard ran a beautiful wheel route. I thought. That I mean, how me. do you miss him? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That could have lost the game on that. Really? Yeah. And thank goodness for Dan Quinn's defense, I mean, I who would have thought? I thought Herbert was going to take him right down the field, and Micah comes in there. You know, some games I think, well, Micah didn't really do that much. And then today I was looking at Baldinger's, uh, Brian Baldinger's stuff on Twitter, Aaron. And, again, we saw some of it last night. It's not like we didn't know Micah had some good pass rushes. But it, he is relentless, and he does some stuff that's just kind of hilarious. Like during a game – He'll take a tackle, he'll take an offensive tackle and just kind of treat him almost like a little scat back. Like he'll just hit him into the quarterback. Well, we're not seeing that because we're following the ball and Herbert's delivering the ball. Some of those balls were caught. But meanwhile, Parsons is just like wreaking havoc back there. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, golly, that was... uh, that was great. I, I, last night, Aaron, I had family obligations. I had to put the thing on pause or, or kind of, you know, record and go watch my daughter's choir concert, which I enjoy watching those concerts. She does a great job. But then I then I had to kind of race home, and my parents had come to the concert, and I sent them out to my favorite, one of my favorite burger places, which happens to have an unbelievable turkey burger. Aaron, the turkey burger is either really bad and bland (laughs) or can be perfect. It can be a beautiful thing, but you've got to do it the right way. And so, anyway, uh, they arrived with my turkey burger. Um, They're in the second half and was able to knock that out. And then that got me through to to the end because I had to wait for Ed Werder to show up. And, I mean, far be it for me to ever complain about Ed. But Aaron, that Ed's arrival uh, was like one in the morning last night, and uh, and the young Simcox uh, has been filling in as my doomsday producer via Zoom and doing a bunch of stuff in that regard. Um, and and there he is up there at uh, Aaron. I could see the the station in the background at like two in the morning. I'm like, oh. Stephen tried to say goodbye to this life, and I keep reeling him back in. But, uh, man, some major doomsday podcast activities last night. All right, Aaron, do you have a couple more?
2: I do. Uh, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill suffered a high ankle sprain during Sunday's loss to the Ravens, putting his availability in the coming weeks into question, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Speaking to the press, Titans coach Mike Vrabel said the ankle injury is similar to the one Tannehill suffered last season. That injury kept him out two weeks. He re-injured it and ended up missing the rest of the season after the re-injuring of his ankle when he had dead surgery. But Vrabel said that shouldn't be the case this time. And they will look to backups Malik Willis and rookie Will Levis as they get ready to take on the Falcons on the 29th
1: it Malik Willis just awful don't you remember they better this year they oh has he yeah not great he's been against the Cowboys he was so bad go with was it Dobbs or somebody they rolled out Dobbs I think Mm -hmm. instead instead been there a week yeah because (laughs) Malik just wasn't functional at that point I'm glad to hear he's doing a little better I sometimes I'll just write these guys off completely Malik Willis from Liberty. I believe he was from uh from Liberty. I wonder, Aaron, does Mike Smith get another year with Baylor? Speaking of Liberty. He did he play too many games when he got hurt. I was just trying to think if he had one or two years left with Baylor. Probably just he probably is done with his college career, sadly. I was really hoping for like a COVID year or uh or like a um, you know, whatever it is, like a red shirt tie or a, a hardship. Yeah, I d- I, he's, he is
2: a senior, but yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if he has eligibility left. I think because it's be fifth like, year, but that does, he could still have his COVID year.
1: I kind of think in 2032, people are still going to be using COVID <laughs> <here>. years. <laughs> it's, <just Yeah>. like, <laughs> it's weird
2: to say he's fifth year, but he may still have a year of eligibility yeah. left. We just don't know.
1: I was thinking about that the other day, thinking about the pandemic and how two of the conferences literally almost like basically shut down, right? The Big Ten's just like, we're not going to play this year. And (laughs) who was the other, who else did it? Pac 12? Pac 12, yeah. Gavin Newsom like shut that state down. I mean, they're like, we can't even go outside, we can't leave our house. We live in California. The weather's nice, but the the governor's not letting us leave our house. <laughs> so we're all going to shut down, and we cannot play football during a pandemic. And, uh, and the Big 12, and I guess the SEC, just said, hold on a minute. We're we playing. are going to play some football. And Baylor was leaning on that cardiologist. I wish I remembered that guy's name. He's like every Baylor uh, – he has – he had a kid who went to Baylor, or may still be at Baylor, but it was like, <laughs> it was like the Big 12 found this cardiologist that was basically like, hey, all this stuff they're saying about these players' hearts is pretty much, pretty much ridiculous, and uh, suddenly like the Big 12's like, hey, this guy, this is our, this this doctor knows what he's talking about. All right. I don't know. <laughs> all this stuff started flashing back into my head. I wish I remembered it. I like to get that guy on the air. He was a good he's – a, he's a strong sort of a, a cardiologist with Baylor ties. All right, it's Matt Mosley's show, ESPN uh, Central Texas. I'm going to give you my Cowboys nuggets. All right, we're going to go through this thing and, and try to figure out what Mike McCarthy was thinking at the end of the first half last night. That's next.
3: Baylor Bear Football is headed to the Queen City for its first ever Big 12 matchup with the Cincinnati Bearcats this Saturday. 9 a.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show, 11 a.m. kickoff this Saturday. Join John, JJ, and Ricky from Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati for all the play-by-play of the Bears and the Bearcats right here on ESPN Central Texas.
14: It's almost fall, school has started, pumpkin spice is everywhere, and football is finally back. The temperatures are dropping and you think you have escaped summer's dreaded effects on your foundation. Then you see it. Where did that crack come from? Wait, this door doesn't latch. Or why doesn't this window open? Most people don't realize the full effects of summer soil movement until September or October. And the fall season is typically the busiest time of the year for foundation repair. Do you want your home in tip-top shape for the holidays? Do you want the topic at Thanksgiving dinner to be that big crack in your wall? Then you better call the doctor. He'll craft the best solution for you and your home and get you back on the level in no time. Call us today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call.
7: Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com.
15: 1424 Bistro, located in downtown Waco, has been serving Central Texas for over 20 years. 1424 Bistro, the restaurant that helped create the fine dining experience Waco is best known for. 1424 Bistro provides a unique and fine dining experience so many Wacoans have known and loved for many, many years. 1424 Bistro is dedicated to providing exquisite dishes that are fresh, hearty, and simply unforgettable. Waco's home for good food, wine, and conversation, from fresh seafood, steaks, lamb, to chicken piccata and of course let's not forget about some of their incredible appetizers like flaming cheese and calamari and finish off with their white chocolate bread pudding or creme brulee come enjoy dinner at 1424 bistro in downtown waco on 1424 washington avenue come enjoy tonight
6: we all know high school football is huge in
3: texas What else is huge is our selection of new Chevrolets and certified pre-owned vehicles at Chevy of West, home of Silverado City. And when you find new roads to Chevy of West, our award-winning team is here to help you find the perfect new Chevy, all with a free lifetime powertrain warranty for our starting lineup of new Chevys and big savings, too. Please visit chevyofwest.com.
15: Your modern day general store is McGregor General Store. They are an official Purina feed dealer and they have deer protein, deer corn, and deer feeders. McGregor General Store has a large inventory of new fashionable clothing items for men and women. Serapi collection purses, bags, boots, shirts, and jeans from Wrangler, Ariat, and Cinch, And ladies Ariat boots and Roper shoes. Go by and say hello to Courtney, Amy, and the gang at McGregor General Store. On Highway 84 in McGregor and at McGregorGeneralStore.com.
7: From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show
1: on ESPN Central Texas. Man, this is when the show used to start, 4 o'clock. And we've already, I mean, shared a lot of great material with you. Starting at 3 o'clock, John Morris brought us a great lead-in audience. Of course, our 12-to-2 show, the Drake Toll Show with Cam Stewart. Although, Aaron, I don't – I mean, like, I text those guys kind of like interact, trying to interact and feed them some good material and that kind of thing. No response. No response. I mean, Drake is out, you know, closing deals. I kind of expect that from Drake. But for Cam to not respond, very strange. Our twelve to two show has kind of siloed themselves off, and I cannot—I'm not getting any uh, responses from them. Aaron, please check on that for me. Okay, just see what's going on. Uh, Is there any beef with the Mosley show? Because we need to deal with it head on if that is the case. Now, eleven o'clock, of course, is the press box with uh, our own Ward White and Lark Smith, and so eleven to six every single day now the Mosley takeaways and Aaron you jump in here with some sexton takeaways if you would like on the Cowboys last night it was much needed um, you know I, was it a great win well any I mean really any win is a uh, is a great win when you're coming off 4210 um they got they got the job done I I don't think anything like the run game didn't was not that impressive like uh Aaron for you and all your buddies who play uh, fantasy I would say 15 carries for 30 yards isn't going to get it done (laughs) he did catch the ball a lot he got out there and he and he uh, had that beautiful of course it would have helped if if Dak had to hit him on that wheel route late and then he had that run in the middle. Now, he got chased down there. I thought, well, there's no way they'll catch Pollard. Well, they kind of did. But what a beautiful play that was. Dak escapes, feeds Pollard across the middle. And I who was it, Aaron? 43. Boy, that's not a, that guy's struggling. Michael somebody. Whoever that 40, he's a cornerback. And they just, boy, they, they're really targeting that guy uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. And... He was able to spin away from him, and he went for 60 yards. All right. Aaron, you remember I was talking about Terrell Owens earlier in the show, and I try not to. I I used to kind of get into it with Terrell, so whatever. I just try not to bring him up that much. Uh, Here's a headline that I've just seen from the L.A. Times. Ex-Cowboys wide receiver Terrell Owens hit by car after argument on Calabasas basketball court now let's make sure he's okay but I, I just okay he was not injured and did not require medical treatment it said Owens was struck by a vehicle incident took place around 9 pm on the 2600 block of Rondell street off lost las, las virgins road or however you say that virginis virgins uh, v I R G E N E S. Aaron, that's where Keyshawn lives, right around off Calabasas, and that's where Bieber, Keyshawn, and Bieber would get would 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 get into it because Bieber was driving too fast around Calabasas over there. <laughs> For some reason, everything happens over there on Calabasas. Said TMZ, which first wrote about the incident, reported that the driver was a man. Who had argued with Owens and that the car hit the six time Pro Bowl receiver in one of his knees. Yikes. I mean, a, using your car as a weapon. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, they said Owens hasn't played in the NFL since, golly, Aaron, is this 2010? Has it been that long? They said. He indicated he was available to play in the league again in 2022 after Antonio Brown parted ways with the Bucks late in the season. Can you imagine being out for 12 years? I mean, isn't he our age, basically? Aaron, is T.O., like, golly, was he late? Is he mid-40s, mid to late 40s? Gee whiz. Um, anyway, I, I do like that Jerry today, Jerry Jones – Forty-nine years old, he is right at our age, uh, and and probably could still play. I mean, he could. Could he go out and do? Could he get you like three or four catches in an NFL game right now? He could. He could. Like that's the kind of crazy shape that he stays in. I still I think Dez could do that. Dez is a little bit younger though. Uh, Jerry on his radio show today, Jerry Jones, said <laughs> he questioned. Mike McCarthy's end of the half behavior or decision-making Aaron do you have any clue what was going on there it's seven to seven they've run a play to Pollard uh a a running play kind of up the middle as I recall there were 14 seconds left they run the ball and then there are eight seconds left and the Cowboys have a couple of timeouts and they, they seemingly stopped the clock, and it turns out that Mike didn't want them to stop the clock, and they wound it down to three seconds, and he burns the timeout at three seconds. Well, they, they could have taken a shot at the end zone. They had time to – I mean, what yard line were they on, here? Probably like the 20 or the 18 or whatever. I mean, they're there, yeah. down there – yeah, I mean, pretty close – And he's just like, no, let's wind it down. And, boy, people thought, well, does he not trust Dak? Well, the answer apparently is yes. I mean, they said no, of course, and Dak said he didn't take any offense to it. But what in the world are you doing? Aaron, I was thinking last night, what would Aaron Rodgers do in the same situation if Mike, his old coach, or any of his coaches, I mean, it basically wound the clock down and did not give him a shot at the end zone with plenty of time left and two timeouts. He would have openly gone off on them on the field. And by the way, he would have been right to do so. It's crazy. Now, fortunately, Dak is a little more mild-mannered and and didn't do that. But, wow, I I just do not know. Aaron, did you? At the time, were you like everybody else, just like, what, what's he doing? Like, why would he? At some point, ABC or ESPN took a break. When they took a break, it looked like a timeout had been called with like eight seconds left. They come back, and there's three seconds left, and the Cowboys are lining up for a field goal. And even the announcers <laughs> were like, I, did we miss a play here? Like, what happened? Did I miss something? Joe Buck's asking that. Like, I, I, how does Mike McCarthy go from, like, going for it kind of all over the place, you know, fourth and short, he's gone, to doing that, winding down the clock and taking the field goal to go up 10-7? I mean, again, no problem with them kicking a field goal, but you could do it after taking a shot at the end zone. Aaron, in that moment where you just kind of like, Wondering what in the world Mike was up to?
2: It was – I was just blown away. The, it's exactly what you said. He, he, all the talk from him and Jerry about how much, you know, Dak's going to lead them to the Super Bowl and how great he is. And, look, I'm a Dak fan. I'm not doing this to throw shade at him. But then you do that. It's, you're basically screaming to the world – Yeah, I don't trust Dak to not throw an interception on this one shot at the end zone, so we're going to go ahead and run the clock down and kick a field goal. It's not a good look.
1: Mike McCarthy quoted saying, I think the end of the half, if you look at the series going down there, it was a bumpy game. You get in those spots, and you have two play calls that you're anticipating. I I." I don't really understand. Like, does that that to me doesn't explain what he did. Um, Cowboys quarterback backed up his coach and said they didn't want quote something crazy to happen. He said, "No problem, right there settling for the three, and that's what we won by." Um, I I just don't I don't quite get it. Now Jerry is uh, satisfied. With the Cowboys four and two record entering the bye week, was quoted on his radio show this morning saying, It was an important win. As I sit where we are today, we'll take this four and two. This offense has a lot of room to be more impactful and more effective. And we got some of it at times last night. Mike did. All right, well, that's awe inspiring from Jerry. Uh, four and two into the bye it is a million times better than three and three and they got to be feeling okay about things cannot feel great but okay especially with the eagles losing what if the eagles lose again Aaron, are the eagles playing this weekend i believe they are what if they lose again
2: Just the dolphins
1: they could very
2: well lose because that dolphin's offense is insane
1: Boy, you love this, this Dolphins team, this Dolphins offense. That'll be interesting. Out there against the Dolphins in the Kelly Green. The Kelly Green. I, I love to hate the Kelly Green because that makes me think of Buddy and the Bounty Bowl and all that kind of stuff. All right, uh, Aggies fans, gather around. Our Aggies insider who lives in College Station and covers the Aggies on a daily basis, Travis Brown, from the uh, the Brian Eagle, big-time newspaper uh, in that part of the world, joins us next. Baylor Bear Football
3: is headed to the Queen City for its first-ever Big 12 matchup with the Cincinnati Bearcats this Saturday. 9 a.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. 11 a.m. kickoff this Saturday. Join John, J.J., and Ricky from Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati for all the play-by-play of the Bears and the Bearcats right here on ESPN Central Texas.
5: Manningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more.
15: Locally owned and operated, Automatic Chef is Central Texas' premier break room vending service provider. For over 50 years, Central Texas companies have relied on Automatic Chef for all their break room supplies. They offer micro markets, office coffee and tea service, breakfast, lunch, and dinner products, touchless vending, cashless payments, and innovative technology. Let Automatic Chef design a break room that fits your needs. 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco and at automaticchefcanteen.com.
5: Locally owned and operated, Rain Coffee Company is your daily stop for the best in hot and iced drinks. Come and stay a while and enjoy Rain Coffee Company's relaxing atmosphere, plus their espresso bar, teas, lotus energy drinks, and sweet treats. They are open every day, 6.30 a.m. till 6 p.m. The only coffee shop in China Spring. Rain Coffee Company, 10214 China Spring Highway.
7: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
1: Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-7407 nine one six four eight or check us out on facebook i'll treat your place like it's my own
13: does the thought of mice rats or other rodents taking up residence in your walls or attic make you feel uncomfortable once inside these unwanted critters can cause thousands of dollars in damage to your home the experts at 855 bugs can identify points of entry and eliminate them We use a variety of methods to keep rodents out. Be proactive, not reactive. Let 855BUGS ensure your home is protected with a free inspection and comprehensive treatment plan. Visit 855BUGS.com now to schedule your free inspection. Good luck, Bosqueville Bulldogs.
0: To keep your energy costs low, seal your home or business with insulation from Profoam Insulation. Whether you want spray foam insulation, retrofit insulation, blow-in insulation, or bat insulation, Profoam Insulation is the team for the job. They can handle residential, commercial, and agricultural jobs. They're licensed and insured, offer free estimates, and lifetime warranties are also available. Family-owned and operated since 2017. Profoam Insulation of Robinson 254-640-1255 and ask for Matt. Now back to the
7: Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: On his Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, rolling on on a Tuesday afternoon. Travis Brown joining us from Aggieland. He's with the Eagle. uh, And, uh, man, down there covering those Aggies. Travis, you kind of uh, seem like uh, the folks at Baylor a little bit. You're starting to really tweet out a lot of stuff about basketball season. Aggies men's basketball is supposed to be pretty good this year. And I noticed several tweets about the Aggies because uh, football is, uh, well, Aggies are a little bit upset. Now, that's a loyal bunch. I mean, their next gathering of Aggies, they'll all show up um, and, and they'll be there and they'll support. But right now, the support seems to be waning just a bit travis welcome back to the uh the mosley show
16: hey always glad to be here
1: yeah we're happy to have you the uh the uh, rangers with a 2-0 lead over the hated astros i have to think you've been paying particularly close attention to that and perhaps even put your rangers jersey on which is like a peagle's jersey i think you invested in some of the what do they call those not the Color Rush jerseys but like the city, the city jerseys connect. or something? Did yeah. connect
16: yeah. jerseys? Yeah. I I my, my peagle was flying uh all, all all week. That is for sure.
1: Yeah, that sounds funny. Um <laughs> I I would <laughs> What a combination of the old Fort Worth Panthers and the Dallas Eagles baseball organization formed something called a peagle. And, and they even have a little uh, logo, uh, some kind of little creature with wings or something like that. These people are weird. They have too much time on their hands. But the marketing seems to have uh, worked. Uh, how do you feel about the Rangers right now? Are you still kind of like reserved or are you kind of full-fledged, hey, they're going to do this. They're headed to the World Series.
16: You know, I, I went in. You know, as one of my buddies, Ranger friends, who's from down here, calls it. We're, I think we're behind the orange curtain here in in Bryan College Station because we are only, you know, hour hour thirty minutes outside of Houston. Uh, and and so coming into this series, I I was dreading this for all of the um crap that I was gonna have to take if the Astros pulled this out, and I just wasn't confident in this Rangers bullpen, and it just seemed too good to be true, and you know. They just keep hitting the ball and they just keep winning. I, I, I would be fine if Araldis Chapman doesn't pitch the rest of the uh uh postseason. That would probably <laughs> keep my my blood pressure down a little bit. But you know, they're they're rolling and see so can't uh, you know, Bruce brochi is the guy. I think I think you gotta, you know, put your faith in, in Bochi and you see what happens.
1: Bochi, I just like how he kinda reminds me of like uh... One of those guys from Lonesome Dove or something, you know, like uh, he just he's got a great way about him. I like how he walks out there to make a pitching change. Uh, he and Dusty are some old school managers. Well, they're old guys, but they've got they've got great ideas. It, it's hard to bet against him. This Evan Carter thing, of course, has been uh, amazing. I, By the way, I want to ask you about a local kid, Aggie, Torrey, and uh, uh, York from Temple, Texas. I noticed in your reaction to the Tennessee loss the other day, you called him the lone consistent force in the Aggie linebacking core in the second half. Had nine tackles, uh, had two and a half for uh, tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. Um, I mean, that's pretty amazing to me. I mean, of course, Baylor, he was a Baylor commit at one point. Changed to the Aggies. Who knows what happened there? Uh, But he's ended up down there at College Station. What? What? I mean, is this guy already? He was a huge leader at Temple, and obviously they miss him in a big way. But is he a leader type guy, or just a flat out player, or both?
16: Yeah. Well, you know, I I want to start off going back to something you just said. If if Bruce Bochy, in in a in a some jeans and a polo, just kind of meandered into the the temple press box on our friday night would you not just think he might have been the uh, uh you know an old sports writer from uh from from you know the the, the golden triangle or something because he kind of has that <laughs> old texas high school sports writer vibe to me but uh yeah no Torian york uh, yes. is uh is a uh fantastic player has started as a true freshman from the get-go um yes he to answer your question yes to both he's performed uh done well on the field and has been a leader he's been the the middle linebacker making all the calls for the defense as a true freshman from game 1 uh and has really been a, a key part in what's been a great a and m run defense and and a great uh a and m pass rush uh going through the season you know he's had a lot of help with Edron Cooper who could be an all sec type player next to him at linebacker as well but cooper went out hurt at the end of the first half and and york was was the the consistent guy out there for the whole second half and and still did a really good job he's been impressive both as a a guy on the field and and as a guy with that football intellect being able to make the calls in there in his first college games of his of his career
1: I like when you brag on players from Central Texas, all right? We like <laughs> to hear that. That's a good player, uh, and we wish he was in green and gold. Um, now, Anias Smith, I, you know, on the broad, on the TV broadcast, they, they were really bringing that up a lot. Where is he? And, of course, they hit one of those punts, as you wrote about, that went over his head, um, has two targets in the game. Now, one of those other receivers uh, – actually had a really good game for, I mean, he probably needed more targets, but he did have three catches for 75 yards. But what's going on there? Uh, Nia Smith caught one pass for 20 yards. Um, I mean, is this just a, I mean, are they having trouble getting the ball to him? Are they not trying to utilize him enough? What's your general take there?
16: Well, you know, he was like the only guy that they could get the ball to in the Alabama game. And, And when, they don't get me wrong. They they had trouble on offense that Alabama game uh, throughout most of it. But but the only guy that they could seem to get going uh, was him. And so the kind of the question after that game was, okay, well you have Evan Stewart too. You have all these great wide receivers, especially Evan Stewart. You know he only had a, a couple of targets. Why why isn't he getting the ball more? And they and Jimbo Fisher said, well yeah, we do need to get him the ball more. Well this game Evan Stewart has like I think it was something like thirteen or fourteen targets and like five or six catches for not a whole lot. And Anaya Smith has two. And so, you know, uh, there's been some critique of uh, Max Johnson in his ability to work through the progressions. Uh, you know, I talked with old former AM quarterback Nick Starkle uh, earlier in the week, and he said it's, it's not as much pr- difficulty – you know making the read on the defense what he sees with with Max Johnson is he's wanting to hold on to that first read just a little bit too long just let it try to develop a little bit too 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 much and then he gets himself into trouble and that's compounded with an offensive line that's just been absolutely abysmal i mean you can you can put whatever uh blame was on max johnson's shoulders but that offensive line has not given him any time or effort to do anything. And that that's a big talking point going into the rest of the season is the offensive line. Uh, but yeah, it it does seem like Max Johnson has a little bit of trouble working, uh, giving himself enough time to work through the progressions. And if, you know, Anias or Evan Stewart or whoever it is, isn't the first or second read in that, in that progression, he, he might not be getting it to him, but yeah. Uh, they need to find, you know, Bobby Petrino's whole deal in his book he wrote was that his his style of offense is quote quote unquote, feed the studs. Well, they they sure haven't really done a great job of feeding all of the studs they have. It's it's been pretty one sided game by game.
1: Feed the studs is uh, boy, I bet I bet when they named him O coordinator, you jumped out there and got that book in a hurry. Um, the Petrino book to kind of read up a uh, little bit I did not I'm not aware of this book is that you think I you could know, find that over at half price books or something
16: you, you might I, I haven't tried the half price books you know I actually haven't gotten to read all of it because I, I'm a big Kindle guy and this is oh. old school analog old school analog and I just you know the, like if I'm reading a book and I'm going to fall asleep which I inevitably do always when I read a book that book is a lot you know harder on your your nose than a Than a Kindle, which is smaller, but kind of falls on your chest. So this is really a a matter of (laughs) self-preservation for me is
1: what it is. Travis Brown on the Matt Mosley Show, The Eagle. They're in College Station, Bryan College Station. Go over to this bookstore, by the way. Get off that Kindle and go over to Hyperbole Bookstore. That's one of the leading um, stories on your website right now over in South College Station. And uh, the Millers, that's Kathy and uh, Kalina, Kathy Miller and her daughter Kalina, have opened up an independent bookstore. I want you, Travis, uh, to go and your wife, your lovely bride, to go support Hyperbole. That's a good name. Now, that's a funny, that's kind of a funny name for a bookstore. In fact, I would like a T-shirt from that place, if you wouldn't mind picking me up one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll work on that yeah
16: my my wife is actually surprisingly she has already driven me down there but they were closed on sunday so uh we, we, we'll have to go on not a sunday which during football season is we'll, we'll see if that happens
1: <laughs> this has you written all over it they offer thrillers and romance fiction for adults and more all right you know, and I, then-
16: I i do like a i do like a nice uh, book with a with like Fabio and his his shirt unbuttoned on the or whatever. You know, that's 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 my go to genre right there.
1: I dated a girl at Baylor and her dad's name was Fabio. Now they were from Colombia, so it was like a more appropriate Fabio than the one we we think of the romance novels. But it was like I just remember thinking, golly, is that could that be a deal breaker? Like a you know, like <laughs> Having, a, having your girlfriend's dad named Fabio named that seemed Fabio, like a yeah yeah seemed like a lot to deal with. Now I also well, if, uh, yeah
16: it might be a deal breaker if he's if he's as ripped as uh as old Fabio was that that might be a little intimidating.
1: Fabio had the long hair was ripped uh, looked maybe like someone that would have been a member of the Twelfth Man. You never want to <laughs> see you never want to see number twelve. And on one of those punt coverages where Tennessee came ripping down the field the other day, I did see number 12 closing in and then just – again, I hate to single it out, but when you wear number 12 at A&M, it's kind of – the problem is you get a lot of credit, right, when you make a play. But then he was one of the group that kind of – whoever that was from Tennessee went racing down the field. That's a game you got to win. When Tennessee looks that bad on – I mean, now, they did run the ball, but that quarterback looked awful. As you documented, uh-huh. they had like 12 penalties for a million yards. I mean, they looked like the Cowboys out there with all those penalties. And, and, and then they, and they don't get out of there with a win because of some of what you're talking about. They, they you know, Max throws a couple of interceptions. He's got no time. you got bad snaps. Um, you know how you don't have a bad snap? You go stick your quarterback up under center if the guy can't snap it back there. But, of course, they don't work on that at all, so they don't know how to do that. He wouldn't know how to drop back if he was. So, um, I, but that's a bad – it's hard to go into Tennessee and say that's a bad loss, but it felt like a bad loss given how many I mean, times Tennessee tried to set the Aggies up.
16: I mean, the last two weeks, that was the most beatable Alabama team that A&M – probably has or maybe ever will face. And they they certainly should have gone to to Tennessee and and won this game. Uh, In both instances, the offensive line has just absolutely fallen apart. I mean, I don't know if you're a big believer in the the old pro football focus grades, but A&M has the fifth worst offensive line in the country, according to pro football focus. I I didn't actually check this last week, but I, I did hear someone say that it's actually, they went up, from the la- worst offensive line by grade in the country last week, um, there, was a, there was a guy who wasn't a starter. He was the guy they brought in who, who graded as a, at a 0.0 out of 100. On, I, I didn't even know that was possible. Um, so, I mean, this is a historically bad offensive line. They're, they're leading the country in the amount of hits that the quarterbacks have taken, uh, and that's something that actually led the country in last year as well too it's no wonder that they haven't had a starting quarterback make it all the way through the season in like three years um so i mean i said it before the season this team was going to go as the offensive line went this year and you know they they seemed like they were formidable early in the season but the the wheels have just absolutely fallen off and uh i (laughs) I don't know how you recover from this moving forward. Any any football cliche artist will say it all starts at the offensive line, and they have a bad offensive line.
1: Yeah, you have uh, you've driven home that point. I feel bad for the guy who got a zero point <laughs> zero. I mean, I, I, I mean, you should get something for like putting your uniform on correctly. Like you can't just zero out. You know like, you should get like putting separated. putting your
16: name on the SAT.
1: Yeah, let's not bring up Darren Lewis. <laughs> I've, I've got about <laughs> I've got several names that come to mind uh, from Aggie land there. And I like this story. I got to dig in on this story. General Robert Nealon, First of all, let me ask you this: Is that atmosphere? You've been to pretty much every place now in the SEC. Where does Tennessee rank? As far as a, a game day home, uh, you know, atmosphere, where 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 would you where would you put the Vols?
16: You know, it's, it's funny. The only two stadiums I haven't been to because of this crazy SEC uh, schedule is Vanderbilt and Kentucky. So I don't think we have to worry about any of those no, no. beating out uh, any of those. I I still put a night game in Death Valley as the most raucous crazy environment you'll ever be in. It it is fun down there in the bayou uh when when it's a night game and, and the tigers are doing pretty good. But Tennessee is probably a, a pretty close second. Um there's kind of that I think it's LSU is the clear number favorite on top. It's in a night game at LSU. And then there's kind of a second tier that's uh Tennessee uh AM when the Aggies are doing good, Georgia those three are, are pretty good Al- Alabama at times, but Alabama I've always kind of said is like, it gets the same kind of wrath, and it's the same as like the Cowboys fan base where there's going to be a lot of people there and they're going to cheer, cheer, but they expect uh, a, a week Four game against the Aggies. It, it, that's not where they want to be. They want to be in the national championship game. They've been there so much that this yeah. is just kind of ho-hum. Let's go through the motions. It, they're there. They pack the place, but it, it's not, Quite as rowdy as uh, maybe those those ones above. So I, Tennessee is it, man, it's good, and they had that checkerboard uh, thing going with the stands where you're in orange and, and white, and it was it was cool looking. So yeah, they're 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 right up there at number two, probably maybe even tied with LSU if it's an LSU day game. But man, there there is nothing as crazy as a as a game in Baton Rouge at night. What's the
1: best pregame spread you've encountered? of all those SEC oh, visits. Does anybody um, have some good low country type or does uh, does like Ole Miss lean into some of that, you know, comfort food? What are we what are we looking um, at? When-
16: no, like Ole Miss they had like chicken fingers. You know, yeah. the press box meal is that, that is kind of a an art that has been has been lost a little bit. You know, yeah. every time we've gone to Alabama it's been like some not-so-great fajitas, and you don't want to come from, you know, central Texas to Alabama and get fajitas.
17: No. Um,
16: They had some pulled pork. You know, I'm going to get outside the SEC, I think, and I can't completely remember everything they had, but I remember some of the best spread was at Clemson. Clemson has a pretty good spread and, and like, the best sweet tea you'll ever have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's low country. So you're going to get, like, shrimp and grits. In things like that, that makes sense. And Dabo, you know, that's one thing. Dabo's slipping a little bit, but he still makes sure the media is taken care of. That's good to know. Well, that was a game, uh, he, wasn't it? Clemson, didn't A&M almost knock off Clemson when they were, like, really, really good? I'm trying to think. Was it, like, five years ago? That
16: was that was at, it, it was came down to a two-point conversion at Kyle. I think, was that Jimbo's oh. second game? And okay. then they went out to, to Clemson the next year, and it was uh, that Isaiah Spiller got hurt early in the game, and it was kind of, uh, if I remember right, it wasn't uh, wasn't super close. Um, yeah. But, okay. but yeah, yeah, Clemson's a good one. Clemson's a good one. You know, the one that sticks out to me that had just a great spread, and I know you're gonna laugh your head off. Texas Tech had good food when I went out there back in the day. Like, I, I think it was I think it was one of the few places that still was catered by like a local. Restaurants mm-hmm. and not just one of the mass-produced, yeah. you know, whatever. They, so I think the local restaurant factor, I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember Texas Tech being good. But the, the best spread of all is when you go to Jerry World for the, for the uh, Arkansas A&M game with the mac and cheese and the prime oh, rib yeah. shop station, you know. That's, that, that's going to be the sad part about that game going back home and home is that you don't get, uh, you don't get Jerry's fixings in the press box.
1: I get that about eight or nine times a season. I go in there and get the, the the big give up is when they do like a just a piece of grilled chicken. A lot of places <laughs> will just kinda of give you just a just a grizzled nothing piece of grilled chicken. And maybe well, just some, a little some, something on the side. And I I think the green beans Auburn, are a give up. Yeah.
16: Yeah, I want to say Auburn last year just had like a like a pre-packaged sandwich in a to-go box kind of thing. <laughs> like, it was – that was the real give-up uh, is – yeah, the, the art the art of the press box meal is, is something that has been long lost over the last you know, yeah. four or five years, I feel like. Really, since the there pandemic. A, I think the pandemic was, is what co- cause caused the give-up.
1: There was one school that showed a name nameless a few years ago that told the media if they wanted to eat during one of the games, they could – they could bring stuff into the press box with them.
16: <laughs> huh. Well, you know, I, I think high school games at Jerry World, you're not allowed to bring your own food in, but they sell you hot dogs in the press box.
1: That's, oh, I didn't uh, even know. Oh, high yeah. school games, you can get some concessions and just buy it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, really. I, I'm glad. I'm glad some press box food. I know our people. Or, uh, but it's always interesting to take folks behind the curtain a little bit uh, to Temple these games. Had a pretty good spread.
16: I wouldn't cover the Temple-Brian game. Temple High School had a pretty good spread for a Friday night. Go a little syntax on you.
1: Ooh, I like that. Yeah, Temple's struggling this year. I think off yeah. to about a 1-6 start. And, uh, yeah, everybody's kind of grumbling a little bit out there. But hopefully they'll yeah. get that thing turned around. But uh, Brian probably put it on them who who's the really good school from brian college station right now is that brian that went to state last year
16: no college station has been on a roll the uh, last couple of years the uh the cougars have been uh making their presence known at, at, yeah. at like a 10 or 12 year old school so
1: that's it that's it and i think mm-hmm. i think they may have a former lake highlands wildcat student and football player as the head Head coach, is that right, Stony? Yeah. He
16: grew up. He grew up about five blocks away from my parents live now. So uh, yeah, mm. he is a he is a he's a wildcat down here in College Station.
1: Boy, that is good. And of course, the Boneyard Senior Night coming up this week as J.J. Uh, Pier- Pierce brings it to town, and that will be trouble for Pierce as the Wildcats try to win a District Seven Six A. Uh, district title after huge wins over Jesuit in Highland Park earlier this season. Okay, Travis, I appreciate it. I feel like we've covered everything we need to cover. Uh, let's talk soon.
16: Yeah, we'll we'll talk a a, a press conference midday week meals next time uh, <laughs> and, and get into the real the real the real grind there.
1: I think Baylor may have you beat in that regard. They do a nice Rudy's type deal. That's a good one right there, but we'll discuss next. Uh, But uh, thank you, Travis. I'll see you soon. You got it. Thanks. Travis Brown from the Eagle, Bryan College Station. It is time for Campus Confidential. That's next.
3: The Baylor Coaches Show, this Wednesday, beginning at 7 p.m. Live from Rudy's in Waco with the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
11: Come join us Wednesday, live from Rudy's, and hear from women's tennis coach Joey Scrivano and softball coach Glenn Moore. That's
3: Wednesday at Rudy's. That's this Wednesday from 7 till 8 p.m., live from Rudy's, and here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas.
7: Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at
4: CentexSportsFan.com. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they will also come to you for vehicle pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty at CNC Collision Center. 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville at cnccollisioncenter.com and find them on Facebook.
17: You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number. So, why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC.
15: Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin, and also at cnbwaco.com.
14: It's almost fall. School has started, pumpkin spice is everywhere, and football is finally back. The temperatures are dropping, and you think you have escaped summer's dreaded effects on your foundation. Then, you see it. Where did that crack come from? Wait, this door doesn't latch. Or, why doesn't this window open? Most people don't realize the full effects of summer soil movement until September or October, and the fall season is typically the busiest time of the year for foundation repair. Do you want your home in tip-top shape for the holidays? Do you want the topic at Thanksgiving dinner to be that big crack in your wall? Then you better call the doctor. He'll craft the best solution for you and your home and get you back on the level in no time. Call us today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at Ineedthedoctor.com So for doors that are sticking
17: and cracks in your walls,
14: the Foundation Doctor will make a
17: house call.
4: Campus Confidential is sponsored by Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim Turner Chevrolet is just a heartbeat away in McGregor, and they will treat you like family. It's time for Campus Confidential.
7: Our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
1: It is Matt Mosley, and it is time for Campus Confidential. Uh, we will hear from Dave Aranda at about five twenty today, and I just feel like we got to start kind of getting back in. Bears had an off week; extremely important game at Cincinnati. In fact, I was going to look. I've been in touch with the Cincinnati folks um, and um, hoping to maybe get their coach on. Uh, always, uh, we either get the AD or the opposing coach on on a weekly basis. Been a lot of fun this year on that front, and uh, it's kind of what we've uh, we've had to do, and we've enjoyed doing it. Um, all right, Aaron, if you would please lead us through Campus Confidential.
2: We will start with women's basketball, the first AP Preseason women's top 25 poll is out. No surprise. Defending champion LSU number one with 35 first place votes. UConn number two with one first place votes. Those are the only two teams receiving votes. Iowa and All-American Caitlin Clark are third, followed by UCLA and Utah. Also in the first top 25 of the year, Texas is 13. Baylor is 19. And that is it for the Big 12 in the initial top 25. You know,
1: yeah, I, I, it's really interesting because Baylor is a different team. They've got Sarah back, but they've got so many players, and they've got Bugs um, back as well. So, I mean, I, I would say they've got three, I mean, two freshmen that really emerged and were good. Sarah, um, they've got some role players who are nice. But just really didn't get to see two of their big SEC transfers last year, Asia Blackwell and, uh, and then Dre, of course, coming over from Kentucky. They've now added – they've since added Jada from Kentucky. I mean, to me, this is a team that could win the conference – And they could finish fourth or fifth in the conference. I mean, that sounds crazy, but I I just think the conference is kind of deep. You've got Texas. You've got Baylor. I respect huge both the coaches at OU and OSU this year. Um, So there's four schools right there. And Kansas is good now at women's basketball. They, for a long time, were not. They're good. K-State has a good coach. And Iowa State is always tough. So I really think this could be a anywhere from a fourth place team to a first place team for Nikki Collin. The thing she's done is stacked her team with a lot of talent. Now, Aaron, uh, say that again for me like up there at the top. I would think I was going to be up there South Carolina, LSU. What was the order up there at the top of this uh, AP Women's Poll?
2: It was LSU 1, UConn 2, Iowa, UCLA, and Utah. That's the top five.
1: Man, isn't that interesting? Utah's bringing in like some kind of monster women's program next year? I guess.
2: (laughs) I mean, they had a good run last year, and have everybody coming back. That's probably why. I think they made the Elite Eight last year and lost to LSU. Should have beaten where, them, actually. The a late turnover cost in that game.
1: Where is Arizona in this top 25, if you can peruse real quickly? I'm just trying to get a sense of everybody coming in because Arizona had a great Not coach. Right. Wow.
2: Colorado is 20, though, which surprised me.
1: Man, Baylor looked at the Arizona coach when Kim left. And, and Arizona had been to either the championship game or the Final Four. Like, they were really good. They're not ranked. Wow. I thought Arizona was pretty good. Um, this is going to be interesting uh, season. That's good stuff, Aaron. I like that. A little women's college basketball for you.
2: Following a devastating 41-39 loss to Florida, South Carolina coach Shane Beamer suffered a broken foot. He suffered a broken bone in his right foot when he apparently kicked something in frustration after his team squandered a 10-point fourth-quarter lead in that 41-39 loss. Two Florida Beamer limped into his weekly news conference today He says he doesn't, doesn't expect to have surgery. He said, quote, It was after the game, certainly a gut-wrenching and emotional loss. I was frustrated and kicked something I shouldn't have kicked and thought I was okay, and then the adrenaline of the game wore off. And I know I've been there. Not in that exact situation, but, you know, tough loss. And kick or punch something, and it's ah, it's all right. And then the next day, your hands swollen. <laughs> Back in my younger days when I had
1: trouble. Yeah, yeah, Aaron's emotions. mellowed out. Aaron's <laughs> mellowed out. He's not doing that over at the house now after bad Baylor losses. there still been, is, though. There, uh, Shane Beamer. I saw that uh, story. On three had it, Aaron. I thought you would have liked my response to it on Twitter. I said simply, it just means more, <laughs> which is the SEC slogan. You remember when one of the others, like ACC or somebody, tried to make a play on that, and it just backfired? You remember that? Like it, it, They tried to come up with a saying, as it, like, it, it doesn't mean everything or something along those lines. It's like, wait, that doesn't really work. They were trying to kind of either be funny or or basically try to show some perspective, right, that it doesn't mean everything, athletics. And you're just kind of like, eh. I mean, in theory, yes. But, like, try telling fans. It's like oh. <laughs> R- Romo trotted that thing out there after the, the uh, loss at Philly that time. If this is the worst thing that happens to me, I'll have a pretty good life. It's like, all right, Tony. That's okay perspective, but you can't say that after you got crushed mm. by the Eagles. What were you gonna say?
2: No, I was just agreeing with you. I remember I was saying, I remember him saying that, being uh-huh. a big such a big Tony Romo fan and thinking, No, dude, you can't. And look, it's it's great to have perspective, but right there it's it's gotta be a different answer. <laughs> it yeah It just does.
1: Not not a good moment for Tony.
2: Ohio State coach Ryan Day is hopeful that he'll get several key players back as the Buckeyes prepare for their top 10 showdown against number 7 Penn State. Ohio State head coach Ryan Day said starters Amika Igboka, excuse me, Egboka, Trevion Henderson and Denzel Burke all could return to the field for Saturday's matchup against Penn State. Big a uh, second-team All-Big Ten wide receiver in 2022, ranked third in the league in receptions, did not travel to Purdue after he's sustaining a lower leg injury yeah. October 7th. Henderson, Ohio State, starting running back, went through warm-ups against Purdue but did not play. He's been uh, battling injuries basically since last year.
1: Where is this game? Do you know where is it? Because that uh, to me, boy, what a – what a huge opportunity for Penn State in that program, and if they catch it is Ohio the, State a little down? Where is it? It's the
2: big noon kickoff on Fox in Ohio. Ohio State is at home. So that's still still a great
1: shot. State. Still a great shot, though. Oh, I yeah. think. I I uh, this is going to be fascinating, and I you got to hand it to fox for what they did because they in a in a big way made the 11 o'clock game viewed differently across the land like nobody would in a million years you always put your best game you know at night now they'll they're gonna do big noon from there and then they'll play that game early is that what you're saying they'll play the game at noon eastern yeah.
2: Yes. It'll oh, be 11 wow. a.m. kickoff. That
1: is a great. I mean, when you get a really monster is. game like that uh, early in the day, I mean that is a that's a really cool thing that has happened with college football because I we're only about five or six years removed from just kind of like having a bunch of nothing stuff. It'll at, at, and by the end of the year. You just put your bad SEC games at 11, right? If you're, if you're ESPN, you're like, let's have Arkansas play Kentucky or whoever, and let's put that game on at 11. And now we get good games. Uh, all right, uh, good stuff there in, uh, from uh, Aaron in our Campus Confidential. And, um, man, we, uh, we continue on, and we do some Cowboys – we may have a little secret Cowboys guest next.
7: Stay tuned. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast
6: at syntechsportsfan.com. Are you just another number to your insurance provider? Look no further than the flop. Cole, Michael, Derek, and Javen are local independent brokers. And with over 50 trusted companies in their network, they'll find you unbeatable rates for auto, homeowners, life, and even commercial insurance. Why settle for one size fits all insurance? Text quote to 214-838-5236. Quote to 214-838-5236. Let the flock take you under their wing. A dynamic team with Goosehead Insurance. Your trusted choice for personalized coverage.
12: I'm Joe Kaleo. Businesses are driven by vision and passion, and we share that drive. We aim to build a relationship with you to help ensure your financial plan matches your ambition. Together, let's bring your vision to life.
13: Kaleo Wealth Management Group is a Central Texas team at UBS Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. For our Client Relationship Summary Disclosures, please visit UBS.com slash Relationship Summary.
8: Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com.
4: Morrison's Gifts, Waco's oldest family-owned gift store, has moved. Visit their new expanded location a few feet from their old space enjoy a new shopping experience with new product arriving weekly at morrison's you'll find great texas and american products like john hart leather goods consuela bags and purses locally sourced gourmet items and great gift items for babies and kids can't decide they specialize in designing custom gift baskets local delivering and shipping anywhere that's morrison's gifts at the corner of valley mills and waco drive close to jason's deli
7: the source for baylor athletic news and information espn
8: central texas Kubota's most popular tractor continues to reign supreme because it continues to outperform the competition. You can snag a deal on an L2501 and bundle it with the most used attachments for as little as $2.99 a month. A new Kubota with loader, bucket, and box blade could be delivered today and ready to go this weekend when you purchase from WC Tractor. Think of all the chores you can finish. Payments are now valid through October 31st. Visit WCKubota.com or go to KubotaUSA.com for more info.
0: How many miles across Texas have you and your team walked for Let's Walk Waco? As you're stepping toward a healthier lifestyle and connecting with your community and enjoying the great outdoors, don't forget to log your miles as part of the Walk Across Texas Challenge. Your logged miles will help you and your team earn prizes. If you need more information, visit waco-texas.com forward slash walk waco. Get up, get moving, and let's walk across Texas together. Remember every step counts from the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios. This is
7: KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN
0: Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Schmalch's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, Time Manufacturing, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and
1: gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt and Mosley talking some cowboys and uh, Glenn Stretch-Smith. Joining us now, he had late night, we had some podcasting last night, he was handing out some grades, uh, hopefully uh, has caught up on a little bit of sleep. I don't know if you're like me, uh, Stretch, you, uh, those, that, I mean, you, sometimes you got to get up after those 3 a.m. bedtimes early, and then maybe you're just looking throughout the day, how do I ever catch up on this? And the truth is, you never do. You never can quite catch up. Now, Stretch, I had some good news for you. We do have the first pitch lineup for the Rangers. Ian Kinsler will throw the first pitch out to Derek Holland tomorrow night. And then Thursday, Michael Young will throw to Colby Lewis. It's kind of interesting. Why would you not have your pitchers... Doing the throwing, but that's okay. And then Friday, if necessary, stretch. Tom Greve throwing to Benji Molina. That makes more sense since he was a catcher. Uh, stretch, are you caught up in all this Rangers right now? Or are you? Uh, are you enjoying this?
19: Well, you have to be excited. I mean, how they're playing, and the fact that I, I don't think anybody anticipated that it was going to be a a uh, you know a two zero. Two zero start. I, I get a kick out of out of some of our uh, old work compadres that are doing work in Houston. That are, you know, that thought this was just going to be something like feeding a tic tac to a, you know, to a whale. I think one one of them said. I think it's kind of humorous, but absolutely. I mean, I think it's good for the state of Texas. What's going on with uh, with both teams? And and obviously, I mean, you know, there's some. Uh, Little, uh, you know, there's some inner rivalry in their interstate rivalry. I mean, if you're from this state and you don't like what's going on, I mean, you're brain dead. And then if you can't accept the fact that we live in the metroplex and excited about a Rangers team that is, you know, come on strong and and it is hot at the right time, seven in a row. I mean, how does it get any better than that?
1: Yeah, I hope. I I bet Nolan is pulling for the Rangers. He certainly went back because of his son and had the association with the Astros again. But now I think he's back to leaning toward the Rangers, and they've got this thing going in the right direction. And uh, the ratings, by the way, for, oh, one of those games, was it yesterday's game or or maybe the first game, the Sunday game, were just off the charts. The highest league championship series in any League, American or National, since like 2014 or 15. So the rest of the country is liking the Astros versus Rangers scene. I find that uh, I find that to be kind of interesting, and uh, we're all caught up in it as well. As a Rangers affiliate at ESPN Central Texas, now our buddy Ward White's has he's really been down on Mike McCarthy uh stretch as a play caller he does not like what he's seeing you know wards an old football coach and uh, i i even received a text from him earlier uh and wards kind of weighing in on some of this the two play callers last night seeing kellen seeing mike um what did you make of that cuz there was a big you know it was the it was the rematch or it was seeing kellen again after they fired him what did you make of the, the play calling overall from the two head coaches last night as the Cowboys survive and win 20-17 to 17 in Los Angeles?
19: Well, I mean, I thought that, you know, Kellen Moore did a great job with his red zone calls. I mean, he got caught the Cowboys in man coverage twice, sent the motion, threw the ball to the flat. You know, guys having to play over guys, having to play through traffic, um, you know, good, good, Solid red zone calls by him. Um, I thought that McCarthy did a, a an okay job with with uh, you know getting getting Dak kind of out in the zone read on the fourth and one. He makes the call. They get the zone read. They get the touchdown. I, I'm not real. I wasn't real crazy about the QB sneak down there. I don't know why guys think that you can just Fall forward for, you know, a yard and a half. But uh, you know, I, mean, I mean, overall, I thought both guys d- did an okay job. You know, we talked on the podcast about what I feel like my concern is. Is I don't know how well Mike McCarthy understands the run game, a- and I'm saying that from a standpoint of they, they they're not running the football very well, and. In order to win with this quarterback being Dak Prescott over the long haul, you're going to have to run the football and play action off of that. And so I'll give him credit. He did stick with it, even though, you know, it, it, it was not productive from a yardage standpoint. He did stick with it. And so, I mean, I thought they just did an okay job. I mean, nothing that you would say, wow, that's that that's a heck of a play design there oh, my gosh, did they really set up to get that match up here? And, you know, again, West Coast, Texas Coast, French toast, whatever you want to call this offense, I, I think it's, you know, I, I think towards point, it, it probably is frustrating as a, you know, him being a coach and then a fan of the Cowboys to see him, uh, you know, really not cut it loose and, and show – uh, w- what they can do so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they move forward and see if the Cowboys can get in more 12 personnel you know using Hendershot opposite of Ferguson and being able to you know line up and impose your will I mean this is the second straight game that the Cowboys you know they're starting five offensive linemen were healthy and they did a nice job of pass protecting but you've got to do a better job of uh, of calling the – the scheming the run, number one, and then calling the run. So uh, that's what I'm going to look forward to, um, you know, during this bye week, them getting that – you know, getting the run game going and then getting some of those pre-snap penalties cleaned up on the defensive side of the ball.
1: You know, Dak made some good throws. He also missed the, the one that really could have salted the thing away and put the Cowboys in a commanding position – when he missed that wheel route to Pollard, right? Pollard had made that incredible play earlier in the game, and Dak made a great play on that pass where he got away and got the ball to Pollard. But, um, you know, it's one of the things you were talking about last night is when you have an opportunity to hit one of those wide open, you know, and again, I'm trying to remember if Dak was under duress at all, but he, seemingly was able to step into that throw. That's that that seems like a throw you just really can't miss in that in that uh in that scenario.
19: Well that throw and then and then early in the game, I mean on the scene ball that he missed to gallop, you know, they they've had their red zone struggles and, you know, I know you've heard me talk about this before, but I mean throwing the ball in tight areas it's about driving the nose of the football. It's about controlling the nose of the football. And you can't do that at times when there's you know, you got a little wind, you have the elements. There's no excuse for missing those balls in, in what they've played in so far. And so I think he'll tell you, he being Dak, he's got it he's gotta do a better job of of delivering that football. And if they're gonna get out of this kind of red zone funk um, that, that the Cowboys are in, he's going to have to fit some balls into some tight areas and he's got to become better and more accurate. Um, with the football. So, you know, Dak, I've, I've certainly um, been critical at times of him and, and I've given him, I feel like uh, uh, the praise and the attaboys, when he's done good, he did a good job last night with extending the plays with his, with his feet. He did a good job of feeling the rush, kind of getting out of trouble, and like we said, keeping his eyes down the field and hitting Pollard on that big play. But ultimately, we're going to go back to what we're going to say as they move forward after being their 4-2, and two, have played four of their six games on the road, so they've got it all in front of them. The game behind the Eagles, still got the Eagles twice. I mean, he's going to have to come up with some signature throws and one or two signature wins. And right now, he does not have that. And I think that's what frustrates so many people, frustrates Cowboys' nation, and what, quite frankly, I'm sure is a challenge for Mike McCarthy as he moves forward, you know, as the play caller.
1: Glenn Stretch-Smith joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And, um, you know, I, I'm i wondering what is going on with Gallup. He had one that he should have caught. He doesn't seem to be on the same page with the quarterback. And he just does not seem to be a, a true threat right now. Do you think he's just maybe not ever come back from that injury? Just does not seem like this was supposed to be a pretty nice three-headed monster, and right now it has two heads at the most.
19: Well, I mean, you make a point. I mean, Cooks played better last night. I mean, CD's a good receiver. Gallup, you know, he, uh, you know, the ball was picked uh, last week on a, on a bad slant route that he ran. I mean, a uh, a slant route has been a slant route for a long time. Again, I don't care necessarily what offense you're running and, and, and what you're doing. I, uh, it, it's hard to pinpoint what's really going on. I think that uh, when you look at his play, he was much more comfortable in you know in, in the numbering system where they where they number the routes and you have exactness in the route that you're running and to me it, it looks like he's having a little trouble. Transitioning with, you know, with a West Coast system where there is some there is some gray area. There are some routes that are at times you can cut short, or you can take a little deeper if you need to take a different seam release. You can come into your shallow route a little different. I think he's kind of trying to get used to that and getting used to his role. And again, that's just me looking at it and what I see. I I don't know anything and. As far as what anybody's saying in the building over there, so I don't think it has anything to do with that injury anymore. I just think that he's trying to get comfortable in in understanding what his role is in the offense, and then understanding with exactness, uh, you know, what they want when they again normal West Coast systems name routes, and so when you're naming a route, that means that you're talking about a concept and understanding exactness in that concept. And I think that he's struggling with, uh, you know, with what to do in that offense. That's just what my perception is.
1: All right, Al, it's, uh I I sure would like to uh, see, you know, like these tight ends get going. I know you like to see, um, when you're talking about the 12 personnel, you'd like to see maybe Them that helping the blocking situation. Kellen Moore likes to get those tight ends out there, and I thought, I mean, I thought of you last night when I saw that six was he six eight. I mean that guy uh, Parham. I'm trying to remember which one it is. For I mean, what a what a what a weapon that could be. I mean, when you have a tight end at that height who can run and has a little bit of athleticism, that could be a scary advantage, and honestly, Ferguson's a big dude at 6'5", or something like that. I mean, should be a weapon for the Cowboys. Doesn't really seem to be that way yet.
19: And, again, I mean, again, the transition from, you know, what is the Ernie Zampisi naming the protections, numbering the routes to more of a West Coast system, I think it just takes a little time. And, like I said, I think this off week is coming at the right time for the Cowboys. They need, they need to, uh, you know, they need to get healthy. They need to uh, get ready for this push into, into, into what's going to be, a, you know, what will hopefully be a, a playoff run here. But I think that uh, obviously incorporating the tight ends and getting this running game going is going to be big offensively and then defensively. You know, how long is Vander Esch going to be out? And then making the adjustments, you know, whether it be with Bell or Fowler, you know, in their linebacker and then those safeties. They're still going to have, you know, Hooker, Curse. Uh, those guys are going to have a big, you know, they're going to have Wilson. They're going to have to be great tacklers and be downhill guys because when you look at facing the Eagles and what they can do with Jalen Hurts and how they can mm-hmm. do things, they're going to have to be really buttoned up in their run game.
1: All right. They may flip out of that game, by the way, that Rams game coming up. Uh, could go from a noon, a noon till a – to a night, Sunday night football game. So let's keep our eye on that situation. In fact, I think that was going to happen today, so I need to dig in that. Have you seen any news on that stretch?
19: I have not. I, I, okay. I didn't see where that was a possibility, Matt, but I have not. I kind of all leave right. all of the social media things up to you because you're, you know, you're such a savant with your, with your your with your Twitter stuff, so I'll leave that up to you.
1: Boy, I, think, I felt you were very genuine in calling me a savant with the social media and uh, was very happy to be tweeting out um, uh, your portion of the podcast today as well as on Facebook and other social media channels. Uh, Stretch, I appreciate it. Have a tremendous Aaron,
19: Aaron, evening. Aaron, Aaron, you see how he gives me underhanded compliments? Don't let him do that to me. That's a bunch of bull corn.
3: Let it happen. See you guys
2: later.
1: Later, Stretch. I'll keep him in line. There, there he goes. He'd stretch, hangs up on us, and moves on about his day. Man knows how to make an exit. Yeah. Somebody's saying they, the problem isn't, Aaron, that Shane Beamer broke his foot. It's that he told people about it. Um, I, I Apparently, I need to look this up, Feinbaum went off on him. Feinbaum on ESPN today goes off on Shane Beamer, who got mad – during, was it during the game or after the game, Aaron? After. Uh, got mad and kicked something and broke his foot. Listen to this, Aaron. Um, Paul Feinbaum says, this guy was laughing about it, cajoling, thinking it was like a high school frat prank. This is a head football coach at a major SEC school, and he breaks his foot in frustration. If he had shown half that effort, in trying to stop Florida from blowing them to pieces at the end of the uh, game, I think maybe the season wouldn't be on the brink of going straight down the toilet. That was really incredible.
2: My mom's the worst. <laughs> I mean, I have no dog in that hunt, but, I mean, like you're accusing him. It's just a bad faith argument. You're acting like he didn't try to win. It's just it's just dumb. Or, like, people don't get frustrated, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't like Feinbaum anyway but i take exception makes, to makes me like mean ta- less
1: i take exception to him calling south carolina a major sec school <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> okay all right and, and and one of my buddies Blake Allison corrected me uh that's where clemson is is not tr- that's like high country i think you go to a different part of of uh Uh, of South Carolina for low country, maybe down to, like, um, let's see. Oh, Clemson is in the upstate. Charleston is the low country. Oh, man, that's where you get some of that, the shrimp and grits and some of the comfort food that happens. Oh. Where's my best place to get low country-type comfort food in the greater central Texas area? Chime in on the text line, 254-662-1660. That's 254-662-1660. I kind of like, I got to say, and I know this isn't low country, but I kind of like that Taysan Cajun. I like getting my fried shrimp and catfish on and, and, and boy, if you can, if you, if anybody that can find me like an oyster po boy, that's really what life is about for me. Like, I'm kind of always living for the next oyster po boy. It was handed down to me from my dad. I mean, I say handed down, he still loves a good oyster po boy as well. But, uh, all right. It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Let's check in with, uh, Dave Aranda, let's do it next. Baylor Bear
3: football is headed to the Queen City for its first ever Big 12 matchup with the Cincinnati Bearcats this Saturday. 9 a.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. 11 a.m. kickoff this Saturday. Join John, JJ, and Ricky from Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati for all the play-by-play of the Bears and the Bearcats right here on ESPN Central Texas
12: Hi, I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. It's that time of year. It's football season, and Bird Colgen Ford is a proud supporter of the best high school football teams right here in Central Texas. BK Ford is proud to sell the number one truck in Texas, the F-Series truck, led by our leading rusher, the F-150, 46 years in a row. Come to the largest showroom in Texas and experience better at
18: Bird Colgen Ford.
0: Elevate your career with a new job at Time Manufacturing Company. First, second, and third shifts are available. CNC machinists start at $21 an hour. Welders start at $22 an hour. And second and third shift differential is an additional 250 dollars an hour. Time Manufacturing is a leading global manufacturer of vehicle-mounted aerial lifts, digger derricks, bucket trucks, and bridge inspection equipment. Drop by their location at 7601 Imperial Drive
7: in Waco to apply. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at syntechsportsfan hey.
5: First Central Credit Union says it's game on. Lower your monthly vehicle payments by refinancing your vehicle with First Central. Make it a winning season with refinancing set to your preferences. You decide the due date and frequency. Financed elsewhere? Save money with a new local game plan. Apply online today. We make it easy to score at FirstCentralCU.com.
4: Membership and loan policy requirements apply. Member NCUA. How many miles across Texas have you and your team
0: walked for Let's Walk Waco? As you're stepping toward a healthier lifestyle and connecting with your community and enjoying the great outdoors, don't forget to log your miles as part of the Walk Across Texas Challenge. Your logged miles will help you and your team earn prizes. If you need more information, visit waco-texas.com forward slash walkwaco. Get up, get moving, and let's walk across Texas together. Remember, every step counts.
2: When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Ricoh, Xerox, Conic Minolta, Canon, Kisera, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 86. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com.
0: To keep your energy costs low, seal your home or business with insulation from Profoam Insulation. Whether you want spray foam insulation, retrofit insulation, blow-in insulation, or bat insulation, Profoam Insulation is the team for the job. They can handle residential, commercial, and agricultural jobs. They're licensed and insured, offer free estimates, and lifetime warranties are also available. Family-owned and operated since 2017, Profoam Insulation of Robinson 254-640-1255 and ask for Matt.
7: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Well, it is the Matt Mosley Show, and I did not get to uh, react to Dave Aranda coming back for the bye week. I mean, it's very important with the Bears. I mean, this is a huge game for Baylor for the future of the program. I'm I'm not saying the entire thing hinges on this game, but you know, I think Mac Rose was very clear in some of his comments that. He, You know, things needed to change, and they needed to change in a hurry. And, um, and boy, he's, he's visiting with the coaching staff. He's visiting with uh, Coach Aranda. And this was an opportunity to hear from Coach Aranda yesterday. Now, the Rangers were playing during our show yesterday, right? And that was our focus throughout the afternoon because we knew it was your focus, and we wanted to bring all that action to you. But the Baylor game is a big focus of ours this week, and I wanted to uh, listen in to some of Monday's uh, press conference, the little noon or 1130 uh, uh, news conference, and react to some of it as we go here. But uh, let's kind of try to start digging in on what Dave Aranda uh, and the staff did during their bye week to try to kind of turn this season uh, around as it's kind of gotten away from
9: them. It's good to see you guys. Uh, it's good to be back. You know, the, the bye was good for us. A lot of opportunity to, to study and heal and improve. And we're looking forward to playing a Cincinnati team. I know that's inspired and have a lot of friends on that staff and a lot of defensive coaches that have um, learned with and from. And shared with, and everything, and impressed with what they do defensively. I know offensively, um, their run game and just their, um, you know, their motions and their shifts are going to test us. And so we're we're excited about the opportunity to play and go out and get a win. Uh, Without taking any questions, you guys got.
14: Dave, what were the things you targeted most during the during the bye week, and did you see improvement in those areas?
9: appreciate that yeah I think the number one thing was execution um, I think and then then doing um, doing what we need to do ex- execution wise in a violent matter right and taking again and I know this is a repeated thing but taking again what we've done in practice and then applying it into the game and especially when it matters most and so I think um, those you know the execution the edge that's needed the play the game the way it needs to be played, and when it matters most, is the focus. And uh, like I said, we got a great opportunity this Saturday to do that.
17: Did you make
18: any type of protocol or staff changes at all during the off week?
9: No, no. I think um, you know throughout the throughout the week there was a lot of self uh, study, and so we had our defense break down and look at the offense, and vice versa. And so there's. Um, You know, they had the majority of the week to do that. That was all kind of um, uh, delivered and deciphered on Thursday. And I thought there's a lot of learnings in that. And we're really leaning and uh, leaning into that and applying a lot of those truths, however ugly, um, bad or good uh, to help us get better. And so I think um, we're gonna lead with, you know, what the facts are and try to get better there.
1: All right, going to lead with what the facts are. Dave Aranda asked if he made any changes. Um, I, I think uh, Mac Rhodes has been up front that, I mean, he, he felt the need to go. And it's not like he doesn't talk to Dave anyway, but I think in this, after that Tech game and after the lack of competitiveness and the way the uh, offense functioned, uh, it's just, you know, it, it had to get better. They thought the defense hung in there at times. Offense was not good enough. And so there are questions. And, again, Dave Aranda has a history of firing people. He fired his offensive staff after the first year. Uh, he fired his defensive coordinator slash mentor last year. Ron Roberts now at Auburn. So he's not afraid to cut loose and fire folks, but right now, He's going to circle the wagons and try to get this thing done and was very quick to say no changes. Now, the other question was asked like protocol. Um, I I just don't know exactly. I mean, you know, this is a rough time. You're two and four to be revisiting everything you do. Okay. We're going to change this or change that. You, you know, it's like, you got to kind of believe in something, but, you also have to be willing to change some things when they're just not working and the offense and the inability to run. And I thought that was interesting. What he said about need to be violent and execute, you know, at the key moments. And that's just interesting. I It, to me, it sounds like he's almost thinking during some of these huge moments that there's a soft approach or a finesse type approach. And, um, you know, a key component of what Jeff Grimes' offense is, the RVO, and, of course, the V is for violence, violent. Uh, they want that to be in the approach and uh, and want to be the the aggressor and want to be more physical, and they really haven't been. And that's getting beat in the trenches by both Texas and Texas Tech and for a lot of the game, quite honestly, against UCF. So let's see uh, – how they respond this week let's continue listening this is a dave aranda from yesterday's news conference
18: dave Emery seems emory jones seems to be that mobile type quarterback that y'all struggled with at times does it help that y'all have gone against some guys like that this year
9: appreciate that yeah i think the um you know his ability to create um you know there's there's There are times for sure where he threads a needle. There's times where uh, he goes through his progression reads and he, um, you know, is uh, effective as a drop back passer. I think when he is at his best is when he is on the move, when things break down, when um, there's, you know, um, creative plays to be made. I think this last week, coming off some time to reflect for them, they had a bunch of QB runs, and more so than than in the past. And so I can only see them leaning into that more.
14: You're near the bottom in rushing offense this season. What are you, what are the keys to kind of get that part of the offense going a little bit more in the second half of the season?
9: Appreciate that. Yeah, you know, we talked throughout the um, the bye about throwing it in order to run it, and so I think that's a big. That's a big emphasis for us, and that's something that has to change from the beginning of the year of trying to run it and run it again and then not be successful and then throw it at the end of the down, you know, on third down. So to throw it try to be creative to get those four yards, to stay on track and to stay on schedule and so that it's not run, run, pass, but it's – you know, it's a bubble screen here. It's a uh, access throw there. And um, I think that's something that, that we're way paying attention to and involved in right now.
1: I mean, Aaron, it's kind of funny, isn't it, to hear a coach openly talk about sequencing, like we're going we're gonna to try to pass it to run instead of run it to pass. I mean, they said they hadn't changed protocols or hadn't changed coaches or anything like that. I mean, this has to be part of what they're doing, though, is like, how do we keep from getting to third down and we're third and 10 or third and eight? And how do we find four yards when we can't run it on first down? And so, in some ways, when you hear them say that, if I'm Cincinnati and I'm hearing that, I'm like, let's, hey, let's play coverage. Let's play coverage early. They're not gonna. They're not gonna run it early. Now again, they could. He could be saying that, and they could come out and run it like crazy against Cincinnati if they get the right look for running it. But I find that really interesting and pretty forthright for the coach to basically be like, "We've tried to run to pass, and that's not working at all. So we're going to have to pass open the run." Um, you know, it, it's frustrating. I'm sure for fans to hear that and go, well, why did it take until the bye week to figure some of this stuff out? Well, again, there probably are reasons for it. The coaches have some of the personnel. Haven't had great play along the offensive line. Can't run it like they want to. I mean, it has not been a good scene in those home, non-competitive games. That has to change. That has to change, or all the coaches change. Okay, I've, I've been reading recently where, well, they may have to make a change, but they're going to do everything, and they're going to stay with Dave Aranda. If this thing doesn't change, and this thing goes the wrong direction, and they finish this thing up with about three wins this season, they're going to make a total change. You can't just go, well, okay, let's fire another coordinator. But I think they have the ability to start showing some progress and move in the right direction under Dave Aranda. Aaron, let's continue.
17: You said you're going to use the bye to get healthy, you know, let the players rest. Do you feel that this team is as healthy as it can be going into the road? Appreciate
9: that. Yeah, there's been um, there's been a fair amount of uh, setbacks, just injury-wise, this year. Uh, I do believe that uh, going into, you know, we got practice today and then we've got um, full pads, practice tomorrow will be the health, healthiest that we've been in a while. And so we want to be able to continue that and kind of build on that as we go. And the practice is going to be a little bit different from the bye week and now to the end of the season to try to maintain that level of readiness with the team and try to get guys to Saturday as best we can.
11: Dave, Mack Rose mentioned that he talks with you a lot, which is, I guess, normal for an AD and a football, or any coach. Yeah. But he also mentioned, kind of, just being the eyes and the ears of what he sees. How mm-hmm. much do you talk football with him?
9: A fair amount, yeah. And so I, um, I appreciate the question. And uh, you know, it's whenever I talk with Mac, I think there is an an unfiltered truth, and there is a um, um, there is a sincerity and. Uh, know compassion with everything and so I take it uh, very serious and and um, we try to apply whatever comes out of those conversations and so I think it's I think sometimes when you're so locked into what you're doing and um, you know it's good to be able to have the view um, to have another view another perspective and so I count on Mac for that.
16: Coach it seems like Blake's really kind of taken that that next step mm-hmm. like you said earlier kind of leaning on the past this right. year rather than the run game what have you seen from him and kind of does he need to keep putting out those kind of numbers or do you want him to kind of take a step back so the run game can you know excel
9: appreciate that yeah I think Blake's improvement has been a long time coming I think through all of last year and the struggles of it and just all of the growth I think it's you know for as much as the struggles are frustrating and um, de- debilitating at times it feels that way in the moment I mean there can be such growth that can come out of it and um, you know it's a it's a it's a matter of of how you look at it and how you use it and I just think Blake's done an amazing job that way and I just think he's just way strong mentally strong and um, you know I think he will continue to to show that and uh, to be a leader for us with that. I think the run game has to improve to help them. I think we have to uh, throw to open it up to get the angles and the numbers in the run game that we want. And so, um, you know, finding ways to run it without running it is uh, something that we've been looking hard at.
16: You guys open up this uh, one-point underdogs mm-hmm. heading, heading into that road game. You know, is that kind of the mentality this week? Or are you guys feeding into that?
9: No, I appreciate that. We try to stay outside of um, – um, or to try to stay kind of insulated inside of the outside with that. I think a lot of this week for us is going to be just on improvement and is going to be on focus and the mindset, you know, I think um, – you know, if something hasn't worked in the past, you know the past is not predictive of the future, right? It's what we do right now in the present. It's what our mindset is right now, that will lead to a, a brighter future. And so, a lot of it's that, you know. And um, I think it's I think, especially with the amount of youth and um, the young guys that are playing, and you know, this is a couple games in for them, but I don't believe we're at the point to where and i speak to this from experience because i've tried it <laughs> so yeah i'm not i don't believe we're at the point to where any of the and maybe it's just my raw raw stuff but any of this really has any it hasn't it doesn't have the effect on them when they're still worried about the job that they're doing right their 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 execution for this play their id their communication picture just changed i got to see this i got to say that and so any form of uh, you know, outside coming in, I think just muddies the water.
1: You know, I, I the A D shouldn't have to go sort of demand changes when it's two and four, not even like uh coaching changes, but just kind of like, hey, this isn't working. This isn't working. And now, and again, I think Mac Rhodes goes in there they talk a lot of football and probably is a really nice sounding board for dave and i think he roots for him like crazy and they have a really nice relationship but i think mac had to go to him uh after that tech game and sort of demand uh you know like this can't go on we can't keep doing this kind of thing and quite honestly your AD shouldn't have to do that like that should really come from the head coach and and maybe it maybe it would have maybe it would have but i i just something about all that i mean i again everybody involved takes this extremely seriously but i mean it's i i don't know i i we got to see where this thing goes and let's just hope this is a different looking team that shows up in Cincinnati. And maybe like it did at UCF, maybe they can think about that, have some good thoughts from how that game ended, and go out there and do something against the Cincinnati team that's not that great, but it will challenge you. And, again, will do some really nice things on defense, and it's not like your favor to go out there and win the ball game. That's how bad the expectations right now are for this team, and uh, hopefully they can change that perception All right, it is the Matt Mosley Show. we got to do the dismount and say goodnight to you. We'll do that next. This This is ESPN Central Texas.
17: A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves come to central national bank and experience the difference bank different bank central central national bank member fdic Family
11: owned and operated, L&V Auto Repair goes the extra mile to make sure the job is done right the first time. L&V Auto Repair services all makes and models and they specialize in air conditioning service. Suspension repair, brakes, cooling systems, transmission and total engine replacement. They will perform a complete diagnosis of your problem so you will know how much the repair will cost before they even turn a wrench. Open six days a week including Saturday 8 until 1, L&V Auto Repair, 1000 North Loop Drive, Waco 254 235
5: At Bush's Chicken, you can always count on getting the best chicken, the best tenders, and the best tea at the best value. Plus, one of the great traditions at Bush's Chicken is Tender Tuesday. We make it quick and easy to feed the entire family with 16 tenders, a family gravy, and four rolls. Bush's Chicken, simply the best.
7: Hey, neighbor. I saw your license plate. Welcome
11: to Texas. Thanks. I'm going to need a bigger mower for this lawn. Seems like everything's bigger here. <laughs> it sure is. And we're saving up for a big pool. Well, then you're going to need a high-yield CD from EECU. They have a 5.5% APY on a nine-month CD. <laughs> 5.5%? That is big. Yep. We've done our banking with EECU for years, and we opened a CD just last week. It was fast and easy to open online. Just call 800-333-9934 or go to eecu.org slash high-yield and open your CD in under 5 minutes minutes wow what'd you call them eecu that's right they've been helping texans grow their savings for over 85 years you can't go wrong with eecu and a 5.5 percent apy but hurry go to eecu.org slash high yield today because it's a limited time offer thanks for the tip hey uh you don't know any good fishing spots
3: do you federally insured by ncua apy is annual percentage yield 2500 minimum deposit required from an external source membership requirements apply for additional terms and conditions call 800-333-9934 It's time now for the dismount on the Matt Mosley Show on
7: ESPN
1: Central Texas. It is time for the dismount. We uh, say good night to you and uh, get you ready for, I mean, we got Rangers tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. Max Scherzer takes the mound. Hard to know exactly what to expect. I think if they can get 70 pitches and get four or five innings out of him would be a tremendous, uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery and Evaldi have set the tone for this series and what the Rangers did in Houston, I mean, you know, a split would have been nice, 2-0, two wins there was just enormous And this is a far different Rangers team than the one the Astros encountered in early September when they just came through the globe and steamrolled this team. Mitch Garver saying, we're still playing with an underdog mentality. We're fighting and scratching here for wins. It is the ALCS. Tomorrow's game three, and we'll be getting you ready for it right here on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Thank you, Aaron. Everybody have a tremendous evening, and we'll see you back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock sharp. Good night, everybody.
7: This is the Modern Media Big 12 Bliss, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference football. Here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris.
11: Everybody start number a check of Big 12 football.